and welcome to RPG Digest. In this live stream format podcast, we provide deep dives, fundamentals, and overviews of tabletop role-playing games. Maybe I should add read-throughs to that list as well. And we comment on the tabletop RPG hobby as a whole. I am John Maxley Auschlow, your favorite curmudgeon, critic, and judge. Along with me is the ever-sexy David Heathen Dog Duchovny. How are you today, sir? I'm swimming in Poontang. What, what what could be wrong? What, what, I am seriously, not, what? Look, I am Possibly. not your Jillian Anderson, though. Screw that. She is dumb as a box of rocks. <laughs> but she can uh, act. It, yes. Yes, she can. She can act. David Duchovny pretty much plays the same guy in every single thing. I mean, Californication was just him. Fair. It's just being him. That's all it was. Oh, there we go. It's Pop open that for a second here and say hello to everyone who we have in chat today. We have One-Legged Frog. We have Noro. Violence solves everything. Crafty. Crafty is here as usual. He, does he put out his tithe message yet? Well, in case he hasn't, <clears throat> you need to tithe to the Sunday. heathen dog. The we are he, your religion. I, Remember that. The, the, I'm going the, full Beatles. The, the religion bigger than Jesus. What's that? I'm going full Beatles. I'm full Beatles? Yeah. Bigger than Jesus. Oh. <laughs> There you go. Hello, Kill Raven. How you doing today, Darthic? Good to see everybody here. People who are popping in. Oh, Vader caught the Rona. Oh no. No, don't do that. That's okay. Don't. He's he's still typing. So he's still Corona. <laughs> now, what no. I want to know for everyone, everyone who came in early, should I go full Dexter? Never button the top button of a polo no, shirt. I, I, it's up to them. Should I go full oh. Dexter? Or one button done. Only for super got? chats on that one because I have to look at it. <laughs> yes, God. that's what he means. Yeah. I tied the liquor store. <laughs> <laughs> While we appreciate that sentiment, we don't own that liquor store. We didn't store. actually get any of that money. You know, <laughs> it's like saying, "Oh no, I gave it work." Same thing. Same thing. Nobody, nobody got that money. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Uh, before we start asking, let's just go through this right away. I just want to get okay. this out of the way. So um, All right. I want to thank our subscribers, our cheers, members, super chatters, those who back us on Locals, those who tip us on Streamlabs, and those who also support us on PayPal. Why do we like those three? Because you know what? Companies don't take huge cuts. Although PayPal just took a, an increased percentage. It's still pretty low, though. It's not 30%. Not th yep. Look, Max owns the show. And Max says he has to be paid for that. Full Dexter. 
want to thank our followers and subscribers, chatters, lurkers. And uh, hey, guacamole, how you doing? And of course, that is the new link down there. Yes, it's a bit.ly link, because otherwise it's 7,000 characters long. But that is the new link down there if you want to donate to the Wounded Warrior Project, Nerds and Warriors, which I will talk about in just a moment. There is our streaming schedule. I, I've been told that Heathen Dog is back to streaming, but I don't know. Yeah. I haven't watched him because, you know. It happened. <laughs> Uh, so you're watching right now, Sunday. It is 1 p.m. RPG Digest segment one is about it's about enter uh, not entertainment. It's about uh, education because you know you've got Heathen Dog with the all buttoned up. You can't see it right now, but it's all buttoned up uh, uh, polo shirt as he teaches the class Bueller, Bueller about tabletop role playing games. And segment two gets emotional as we scream and rant and rave about something. And segment three, we bring you in to talk to us is with the uh, one quick anecdote or or topic or whatever in our radio call-in style thursday heathen dog streams dungeons and dragons online same with saturday so tell me what has been going on with you in dungeons and dragons online well we've been coming up to things that uh are level appropriate according to the according to the description but not so much according to practice like uh <laughs> the, the the one we just did on normal we usually don't die on normal it says level eight we're a mixture between level seven and nine so we're we're right in the sweet spot according to the game, but people don't run these things until level 10 because it's too hard. So we, we did that. So we're going to do that on hard this coming <laughs> Thursday. So we're all going to die horribly. Did I miss any rages? Because you guys aren't clipping anything. So I need to know if anybody's raging out there. Because I know Garthon really, really, one of the things I find funny about him, he does not take failure well. As an old man. No, he does not. And, uh, and we actually laid into Mark Hawkman a little bit because... Uh, um, he, he died to the same trap like three times. <laughs> like, what? Yes, He's yes, like, central time. Room. You didn't look behind you. There's there's fire traps everywhere. When you step on this thing, the whole room goes up in fire. I didn't know that. Like, <laughs> look around, man. Well, hey, we know when it happens the first time or whatever, but you know, as an old like, EverQu yeah. as yeah. an old EverQuest player, you know that you're going to fail at raids over and over again. And it really irks me when people are like, Oh, we failed three times, I'm out. And uh, I remember when I went back to Star Wars, the old, uh, the old Republic, after not playing it for three, four, five years, whatever it was. Mm -hmm. And we decided that a few of us said, let's go check it out again, see what's changed. And we decided to do some of those. I forget what they're called, but they're little group missions that you do uh, for, for everybody that we kind of skipped because we went straight to fighting Zoa in the main, main raids and we skipped all the little minor things beforehand. And we brought somebody along with us. I'm not going to mention any names. And this dude was always crying. Well, we wiped. We suck. Blah, blah, blah. It's like, dude, that's what the fuck happens. You learn the fight. You sit there and learn. Okay. Instead of standing here, how about if somebody stands there? Okay. Instead of standing, how about you run it around the room? Hey, instead of doing this, how about we all stand up? You just figure out new things to do. Yeah. Sometimes it's just a matter of, I clicked a half a second too late. We can do this. Another, you know, other times it's like, let's figure out. And but my gear gets destroyed. It's a game. Get over. You know, it's, it used to drive me crazy. I'm that guy that used to do raids for eight hours and not get anything out of it. in EverQuest just because the fact that one, I was team player and two, I like learning them. And I get really irked by people like, well, we suck. Oh, we're not going to do this. Oh, blah, blah. You know, well, and by the way, just because of what I said before, I want to be very clear. That wasn't Garthon that was doing that. No, I understand. Um, I understand. But, uh, but yeah, but the, I, the, the, the main thing with, with DDO that, that, that we found is that the traps do an inordinate amount of damage in anything beyond normal difficulty. In anything beyond normal difficulty, they do just astounding, like 200 points of damage for, for a spike trap. Really? 200 can you points. See, can you identify it? Can you see that it's there or does it pop out of nowhere? 
they mm, some of them are hidden. You have if you don't if you don't have high enough spot skill, you won't even know it's coming. Know your role. That's what my exactly. response would yeah. be. Know your role. The thing is, uh, 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 Sheris took a level of rogue just so he has a better chance of spotting them and possibly disarming them. But I thought you had a thief in the group. No, no, we don't. Uh, we we had uh, uh, we we had Guaca with us last night, who's a mm. who's a thief tinker. I think yeah, he's he's on Twitch right now. Yeah, he is. And he was there with us when. Uh, oh, is that the know, other person that helped. I saw on Discord? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So uh, yeah, he helped us out. That was good. We would have died a couple more times, and uh, he won't be here Thursday. So you're we're gonna die three, possibly four times as much. Yes, that's awesome. No, and and to be fair, I don't I don't get my jollies off of watching everybody die, sorry. I meant, die, I meant die and so forth, especially when it's you know Heathen Dogness team. But I, I I'm very adamant about what I said a moment ago. Learn the fights, move slowly, yeah. move without. I used to have a raid leader. And I'm going to say poo poo words for just a second, but this is what he said. And if you didn't do it, he would actually kick you out of the group. He'd say, "Sit down, shut up, keep your eye on the f and puck." And if you did not do slash sit with your character, he kicked you out of the raid. Now, again, I, somebody's going to that's too much. But if you understand the style of EverQuest raids and how we did those things, we weren't overgeared for them, and you had to listen to him. He was a good raid leader. Hates me personally, but uh, but he was a really good raid leader. Uh, Von Zark, if he doesn't watch these shows, but on our Discord knows who he is. Uh, but uh, dude was amazing, and I learned a lot from him. And one of those things is, yeah, sometimes you have to die over and over again to figure it out. And when I was in EverQuest 2... I was in a group that we figured out how to beat these raids before videos came out and come to find out, yeah, the videos made them a lot easier. <laughs> we did so many things the hard way, but we still won. And that's what's awesome. We figured out the fights, those two eyeballs and so forth. Oh, I, lo I love that. I love figuring out those fights. And I really get irked when people cry about, oh, we died six times. Well, save up some money so you can uh, uh, to repair your gear, get back in there. Yeah, I mean, the, the only thing bad about, about DDO is the, you know, the, the, only, the only bad thing about dying, really, is uh, your gear gets damaged, but you, your gear gets damaged if you take damage and don't die. But that's you know you don't you don't you don't get a, an XP penalty, nothing like that. So I don't I don't know what the hell they're talking about. Just die, you die, whatever. Chimerian's got a point here, especially in EQ. Um, if, if you're the raid healer, oh my god! Like and wow, raid healing was simple. You just overhealed, and I hated that concept. I hated the overhealing concept. Um, I, to me, EverQuest with all of its flaws has a ton of flaws out there. And no, I wouldn't emulate all parts of it, but there's it was the best actual MMO to represent an MMO in, in my opinion. And I don't care if people don't uh, don't like that. So uh, it, it's like you know it, there were no group finders. You actually had to have even out of game politics, like who's raiding this, because things would spawn their own instances. Uh, but. It also took time and work. And if you got that call at two in the morning, if you were in the right type of guild, you had to get your ass up at two in the morning. And I gotta work. Too bad you're the healer. We're raiding now. Oh man. Yeah, that, that's that's what my friend Jim used to do. Uh, he would when we were in school, we were in high school. He would uh, he'd get up, go to school, play EverQuest, go to work for four hours, play EverQuest until three in the morning, go to sleep, wake wake up at seven. Go to school. They just do that over and over and over again. That's what he did for a long time. Warhammer Online, if that's what you're talking about, is actually my favorite MMO that I ever played until the first expansion came out, and it got in that desert area. It was the absolute best bang for buck PVE versus PvP. I know a lot of people like Dark Age of Camelot. I did too, but this game right here was for me the best bang for buck um, of any MMO that I played. But uh, you know, 
Anyway, Guild Wars 2 sucks because after the second week of the game, they got rid of meaningful uh, Realm versus Realm versus Realm. When the game first came out, Realm versus Realm versus Realm was meaningful because whichever Realm was winning had more oh. had more loot uh, in the PVE areas, had more loot, yeah. had more uh, um, uh, dungeons open, and so on and so forth. But people cried about that. Oh, PVP shouldn't affect my game. Yes, it should. It's Guild Wars. And when they took that out, like the second week after the game, it, and made it like, oh, you get a special cape now. You get PVP gear. Like, screw this. Also, I don't like uh, Guild Wars 2 and the fact that every condition lasts for two seconds. <laughs> You're mm. spamming buttons. Just button. I watch my wife. My wife still plays it like daily and she's just button smashing. Hell. So. But uh, fractals were kind of a turn off for me as well because people kept failing those stupid things. And again, not learning the fight. My daughter and I have matching raid jacket. Father achievement unlocked. All right, let's get back to what we were talking about here. Then I'll ask you about your week, and then uh, then we'll go on and talk about our real topic. And uh, so uh, that's and then finally, so you can watch uh, Heathen Dog and uh, have fun this Thursday. And I hope you guys get a lot of clips and post them on our Discord. That'll be great because uh, I haven't made a Twitch fail video in a long time, and I really need to do one. Uh, and then we are back on Friday. Well, I'm back on Friday talking about uh, Friday Chill Stream. We had a little bit of a segmented one, this one. Like, uh, we had such, I, I just can't explain this. After the Wednesday Gatekeepers, we had literally the best Friday Chill Stream that ever was never recorded and not on a Friday. <laughs> like, like it was, uh, unfortunately, because this isn't OBS, this is StreamYards, we didn't... Um, we, we you know couldn't be recorded once once I stopped you know the the stream and we talked for a couple hours in Jade and the GM's Elcove and Shadow and Sun. Shauna didn't hang out for it, but that's fine. I know he would have added to it. Just an amazing discussion. We tried to capture that again on Friday. I don't think it worked as you know as well. But uh, you know just you know you you can't. How many times can you catch lightning in a bottle though, right? Yeah. So uh, anywho, and then I stayed up until four thirty in the morning just talking with GM's Elcove. Really great guy. <laughs> I like hanging out with him. So uh, anywho. But uh, yeah, so uh, Friday Chill Stream is it's usually, I mean, people, it's not a chill stream. Guys, 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 I actually made a video about this that is going to go live at some point this week where I talk about the differences between RPG Digest, Gatekeepers, and the Friday Chill Stream. Please watch that video when it goes live, I think on Tuesday or Wednesday, because it's it explains the difference between all three of these. So, and uh, anything else? Nope, that's all I want to cover until we get into our first segment. So let me ask you how your week was. Hey, for four ninety nine, Matt Barninger. I don't know if I say his name right. Is it Barninger or Barninger? I'm gonna go Barninger because I like my G's to be je. Okay. Uh, Sunday, the day of the language of leisure. Yep. That's right. You can relax today. Yes. It's true. So yes, you're asking I uh, what happened this week? Not a whole <laughs> lot. Uh, coming back from from vacation. Come back from, from, from vacation, not a lot going on. Uh, before I left, I cleaned everything and did all the dishes and laundry and everything. So came back to nothing to do, which is great. It's great. Thing. If you don't do that, you're really missing out on the post-vacation bliss. If you have <laughs> to, if you come home for vacation, have to do work like right away, you're doing it wrong, man. Don't, don't do that. So yeah, all that was done. Uh, sun started band camp. It's not it's not sleepover band camp, so I don't have to worry about any Allison's coming around sticking flutes in places. But uh, you know, it's just a pick, drop them off, pick them up, stuff like that. My oh, this pisses me off. Uh, oh. I I look like Dwight Schrute right now. Who's that? Because, 
because my barber closed and moved to freaking Georgia. <laughs> and so I, I was shopping around. Like, okay, I'll find another barber. I'm looking around, $40, $40 oh, yeah. $35, yeah. $40. I'm like, no. No, I'll get a fucking Floby before I do that. That's I still get my haircut on base because it's half the price of out in the real yeah. world. So, so I looked around hard and I found one old school barbershop, just like the one I had. It's like 10 miles away, but the cheapest, it's the cheapest price around is $21. It's the best I could find. So I'm going to try that one out this week, but yeah, this is all, this is all way too big, way too much hair. This is bad. I've seen a couple episodes. You t- you must be talking about the American Office then. The, yeah, the British the American uh, Office. Yeah. I've I've seen uh, I've seen the British version. I think a full season or series or whatever they call of it. Um, a long time ago, the the American version. I tried to get into. I couldn't. I just didn't. I didn't find it funny like some people did. But yeah, you know, I don't your like, I don't like British humor. I don't. Okay. I just don't. They, they, they don't know what funny is that that that's a that stiff upper lip just ruin their sense of I, th- humor. I think i laugh at at the the type of humor like the it crowd everybody thinks the it crowd is funny no it's just memeable <laughs> like mm-hmm. uh, uh, the one thing that's true in there is uh did you restart it did you turn it off yeah, and turn it back on again true. because because as a uh, as an it guy i can't i say 90 percent of my troubleshooting steps are as you reboot it do i have to do that every time well every time you called that's the answer i'm giving you yeah <laughs> so. Uh, uh guaca monty python is not good monty python as shows and and stuff like that has good parts they're good parts there when, when they had a variety show it had good flying segments, circus but, yeah. yeah flying circus it had good segments but i wouldn't say the whole thing as a whole was good their movies i wouldn't say i, I, I can't say that their movies are good they got some really good parts i like the life of brian a lot so does my wife. So yeah. there you go. But the the uh, the whole the Monty Python, the Holy Grail, and I and again, you know, this goes back to when I was in the Air Force with you guys. I have not been able to watch that movie all the way through because nerds won't stop freaking quoting it. Stop quoting the movie, and I might like it again. Uh, my wife hates it. It's like she did once we got to the intermission part. You know, that thirty minute long intermission. Yeah. She's like, I'm not watching this anymore. <laughs> like, oh, okay. <laughs> but uh, yeah. Um, I mean, it was it was good. It's one of those things that for me is good to watch once or twice, and then move on. Maybe I should say, uh, you know, it's just the people who constantly watch it like it's high cinema. It's funny. The, the stuff in there is funny. It's like Mel Brooks movies. I, I there are parts of uh, almost every Mel Brooks movie I love, and then there are other parts like even Spaceballs. Yeah. I mean, there are parts of Spaceballs like anything with Daphne. Zanig- All the parts with Daphne Zaniga, I don't like. You just don't like her. <laughs> I don't like, I think she's a horrible she's actress. She's in the fly too as well. Uh, yeah. Uh, but like when she did all that Rambo, oh, it was good for Rambo. Yeah. Oh, shut up. She shot my hair. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah. yeah. And uh, Blazing Saddles was a good movie, but you know, after seeing it once or twice, I'm like, yeah. Eh, yeah. All right. Although I like watching that now just to listen to people. Like, oh my God, that movie is so racist. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Anywho. All right. Let's, uh, it's uh what what uh, so yeah I was I gonna say oh anything else with your weekend other than you know coming back from vacation no, relaxing okay it. I mean uh, y- yesterday I went shopping you know I got I got my wife some work shoes I got some t-shirts and socks and my got 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 my son some shorts that's that's about it and t- today I visited a friend this morning 
and uh, my wife and son are still there. I, we took two cars because I had to come back for this. See, he understands this is a job. This is where. <laughs> have you been paid yet? <laughs> I know Crafty donates a lot, but have you seen any of that? I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> uh so anyway, uh yeah so my, my week was uh a bunch of it's just an a, uh, abject failure so let's see if this one goes better i mean i had, had a really good stream for gatekeepers had a pretty decent friday night show stream so that was fun but uh generally speaking all the stuff i wanted because i had the last two weeks off of work everything i wanted to get done i didn't i need a schedule i'm the guy that needs a schedule uh so once I go back to work and I can put things on, uh, you know, a schedule, even if it gets messed up because let's say I have to work late or, you know, hey, I have to actually do real work at work or whatever, that doesn't bother me. But I, I just, I need to have some sort of schedule. And I find out and I figured out that I cannot write at home. <laughs> I don't know. Too many distractions. Mm. When, I, when I'm at work, shh, don't tell anybody I'm writing at work. But uh, I can write some notes. I got a note. I got like three notebooks that I'm writing things in. Uh, you know, when I've got nothing else going on, all of a sudden I can get pages. You know, it's just weird. So anywho, uh, other than that, no, I'm not necessarily looking forward to going back to work, but you know, that's how I collect my paycheck and can pay for the house. So, you know, got to do it. Yeah. So with that and my, uh, Philly buttoned up David Duchovny over here, I think it is time that we talk about, uh, getting to a new, a new segment here. Oh, before I do this, I just want to let Heathen Dog know I, I went and bought the book. Oh, good. Because because your cover made sucked. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, yeah. I'm not. It's nope. A, I'm it's not all pixelated. It. I don't know how it happened. The rest of the rest of the book is 100 percent fine. It's also crooked. <laughs> it's like somebody were scanned that in. But the uh, cover just sucks. Yeah. So so I went and got it. Uh, uh, so I have a watermark PDF now, so I can verify ownership of it. But I, good job. But after that, yeah, no, everything else I want to say actually on segment. So. All right, for segment one today, we're starting a new series. We talk about Beyond the Supernatural. And I may be wrong about this, but I don't think, I know I haven't, but I don't think Heathen Dog's ever played this. No, I did play this uh, oh, okay. once or twice. Uh, I, I know, you know what? Not not the second edition. Got it. Got it. So you have played school, it. I, I, I played Beyond the Supernatural first edition a couple of times. Okay, excellent. Well, that that uh, good, because uh, I was going to say that we might be stumbling through this a little bit. I know you've got oh, much more play. Experience than I that, mean, but that, uh, that's our jam, <laughs> right? Well, that's what these read-throughs are for. Remember, these read-throughs are to present a game to you. We're not coming across on these read-throughs as completely authoritative on this. I mean, Heathen Dog could do that much better than me, in, anyway, when it comes to uh, Palladium. But we want to show you the game to entice you to play the game or see if it's something you want to play. And we do this in the manner of showing you pretty much almost page for page what's in the book, so that uh, you're not surprised. If you want a ten minute, if you want a ten minute overview of uh, Beyond the Supernatural, let us know, and maybe I can make a video, or maybe I can swindle Heathen Dog into making a, a, a ten minute introduction video on that. But we'll find out. And uh, as you've just noticed, RPG Digest is a live stream podcast discussion, not a concise step by step tutorial, and we may deviate off topic and go on tangents. So please enjoy. Here are the websites that you can go to. All about us legionmyth.tv we got our discord lots of things happening on our discord apparently lots of things happening on other people's discords talking about us too so thank you for that uh, and uh we've got our locals and redbubble if you want to buy our gear you know somebody said i should actually show the legion of myth gear uh in in the pictures below but i'm like if you don't think that we have legion of myth stuff i don't want to tell you i mean we wear the shirts like every week <laughs> you know we've got cups and so forth i want to show off some of the more interesting stuff but hey you know maybe i'll get some of legion of myth uh, items up there 
And you can watch us on Rumble, Odyssey, YouTube, Twitch. And if you want to donate to us, the best way to do it again, doubled up. Yes, we double up. Double pleasure for your gums. Uh, <laughs> PayPal. Stream. What's that? Double you're, pleasure. You were doing a double commercial, and yeah. then, then I, I think your brain went to condoms, and then it got <laughs> weird. Condoms? What? Yeah. Double pleasures waiting for you. Double pleasure from Double Mint Gum. Anyway, there we go. Uh, you can uh, donate on PayPal and Streamlabs. And of course, here's our charity, Nerds and Warriors. You can click on that QR code or take a picture of it or whatever the hell it's called. Or you can look in the description below. And you can donate to the Wounded Warrior Project to help uh, Wounded Warriors get job placement, uh, mental uh, uh, help. <laughs> Their health. Health is the word I was looking for. Mental, mental health uh, and uh, physical therapy. And finally... We believe that role-playing games take place in fantastic worlds. And that every good tabletop group, tabletop community, should follow these three core values. Escapism, not representation. Entertainment over activism. And natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. And here we go. Let's share. Share, the, share my screen. My professional book. Your professional book. All updated and everything. Bam! Beyond the supernatural. Look at that. And uh, to be clear, just so everybody knows, Heathen Dog has gone much more deeply into this book than I have. I have skimmed it. I have read various paragraphs of it. I get the gist of it. Uh, pretty much the entire first section, I have a grasp of in a very 10,000 foot, foot view. But I hate reading PDFs, and I don't have the physical copy of this, and it's very difficult for me to read. So, you know, it is what it is. Well, uh... This is our first Palladium book in the in so far throughout the year that we've done that tells the uh, the setting in a in a story like format where a, a lot of the of the nuance and and a, a lot of uh, what you what you get from the feel is done by by reading conversation between NPCs. Now, this is not solely the only time Palladium's done this. They've done this in Nightbane a little bit and a lot in Chaos Earth. And Chaos Earth was written very well, and it's a, it's a pleasure to read. This one... I thought it was written well. well written. Oh, really? Okay. Not, I mean, I, well generally speaking, I thought it was well written. Yeah, I'm, I'm not saying it's bad. This is not, not as good as Chaos Earth. It, it wasn't as engaging. But I uh, hear about Chaos Earth, everybody loves Chaos Earth. Yeah, I don't know true. anybody who doesn't. Fair enough. But the... the uh, the NPCs talking to each other is telling the story of your character before your character is made. Meaning that most people are going to think you're a crackpot. Most people are going to think you're a con man. Most people are going to think you're full of crap because uh, magic levels are so low in this particular time period that most uh, most uh, uh, magic is easily indistinguishable from stage magic. Is e easily indistinguishable from 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 your normal, you know, David Copperfield, you know, David Blaine, mind mind freaking everybody. When you do something, you're at such low power level, people think it's a trick, which is good and bad for you. Good because no one's going to you know take you to a lab and you know dissect your brain, but bad because what you do is protect the world from supernatural threat. Only no one's going to believe you do it. Because most of the time, 99% of the time, you are so weak that you can barely move a pencil 
you know, across a table or do the whole like phone book thing, like, you know, like blow on a phone book and, and turn like half the pages all at once. It's that, it's that power level 99% of the time. And then it, you know, when you read the backstory, you start reading the conversation, you start to get a glimpse of no, they have a high level power, but only when faced against a supernatural threat. And then their power level increases by factors. So you, you do get to be powerful, but only against the powerful. And I'm not talking just any old, you know, oh, I'm, I'm up against like, like 10 guys with knives and I've got nothing. I'm in danger of dying. No, you don't get a power bump for that. The game actually allows the game to say, okay, maybe you can give them a times two multiplier. But if you're facing a supernatural threat, even, even something as stupid as a, a, a Romero zombie, like easily, like one of them, like easily taken care of, you'll get a minimum times two bump. Something more, more uh, pressing. Like if you actually go up against a, a banshee, a wraith, or a forbid a, a, a vampire, you're going to get times three, times four, times five. And if you go up against a real supernatural threat, like, like a demon or a devil, you get a times 10 power level spot, just spike while you're fighting it. So unless people see you during these moments, they're not going to believe you because you can't prove it. And one of the things that will come up in the book, and I was talking with somebody else about this uh, last week, and this person hated this idea, and I get it, is I like how this, this game handles the trope of, well, if they're so real, how does nobody know about them? If they're so, because they will actually discuss that in here. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, all it takes is one person to see it, to get it on camera or whatever. And all of a yeah. sudden now, now, you know, it's real. So how can the, how can you live in a world where everybody disbelieves the stuff? And while it is very tropey, I get it. I am, I'll, you go back to D and D and so on and so forth. I'm very pro trope and it explains it uh, in a way that might make you, you know, face palm your forehead. That's fine. But I accept it because I like it conceptually because I was kind of arguing with Heath, not arguing, but I was going back and forth with Heath and Doug when he was trying to tell me some of the aspects of the game a couple weeks ago. And I was like, eh, Mage did it better. <laughs> you know, Paradox is better than what this game is doing. Yeah. But after actually going through it, and like I said, I more skimmed it. Uh, I was like, okay, yeah, I see why that works now. It's not so much of a disbelief. It's, or it's, it's It doesn't need paradox. The disbelief happens because things manifest, or should I say unmanifest in a way that uh you know how do you provide evidence when none exists yeah yeah i mean uh sure if you saw it it's in your memory and you believe it but afterward trying to explain to someone you can't prove it because all the evidence disappears so we'll get into that in just a moment let's uh, let's read three star chats and then we'll start going through the book uh i've got the book up but uh, heathen dogs gonna be in control of what we go over and I think this is going to be pretty long today, but we'll we'll keep it manageable. And if I have to break it up into two videos, I will. So first comment is Kill Raven. Uh, this is about first edition versus second edition. Uh, saying first edition is better. Kill Raven says, "Yeah, I have to agree." But mostly because second edition mi- is missing more than half of the supernatural part. I don't know what that means because I don't know either. But the, uh, uh, the uh, they didn't have the the um, uh, minimizing power mechanic in first edition. Okay. Secondary characters are more powerful variable ISP levels based on what you're facing. No matter exactly when you're facing a giant threat, you you become you become a mega hero type character. But when when you're facing a mugger, you're you're the the great Kretzkin or whatever. You're just worthless. 
And finally, uh, Nerdy Ogre said, it's like a psychic adrenaline boost. Yeah. I think that's a good way of describing it. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what page do you want me to start on? Okay. Uh, go ahead and scroll through and uh, show, show people all of the, uh, all of the conversational text. Oh, oh, my God. How many what paragraphs happened? did he have to put in here to say magic isn't real? I know, right? It's all fictitious. You can stop at any of these points if you really need to see it. Okay, beyond the supernatural, and you can see all the people who are involved in it. There we go. You can see this is, by the way, uh, it's going through it so far, a very well laid out book. We'll see if that you know stays true, but I like this book so far. Okay, here we go. Uh, now, now we're, we're we're getting into the story, and this this right here is uh, is is important to read. Uh, okay. Not the reality check part. That's that's for idiots who don't who don't understand what reality is. But uh, where is that? Uh, where am I here? There we go. Uh, the backstory behind BTS two uh, in 1988 before X Files for the Sixth Sense before Buffy. This this is him flexing. This 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 is Kevin flexing. Like I it hey, was I know first. he has a right to flex because when yeah. people say things like oh yeah so that's the X Files role playing game and I've actually heard that before. Yeah. I I think he has the right to flex. Okay. Uh, the concepts at the time were so new and different that many gamers found themselves at a loss when it came to setting a campaign. Looking back at it, the original needed more background, setting information, as well as a template to set up adventures. That's why, no, that's not why you're, you're just, you're just rectifying it. Stop it. Stop it. <laughs> the two central concepts behind beyond the supernatural have always been, and still are one magic and the supernatural are real. And two, few people accept the truth. Now, there are there are new mechanics in in the, in this edition of the book that reinforce number two, and you know n- number one in in all Palladium games the supernatural is real. So you know, wh- whether it, we after the bomb, uh, it still has psychic powers. It still has I psychic mean... powers in it, and someone someone with magic could easily get rifted there. I mean, it happens all the time. So there you go. Hey, you can watch you can watch the segments after the fact throughout the week if you want to. Okay, have a good day. Uh, the latter part was the most important aspect best presented by the fictional character, Dr. Victor Laszlo. Where now, Victor Laszlo uh, is one of the only printed characters that spans several different Palladium books. Do you believe, as people have been telling me, that this is actually part of the Rift's universe? Kevin does. Okay. Oh, if Kevin says that you, if the person who designed the game says yes, then it's yes. Yeah. There are only there is one 100% incontrovertible incontrovertible book that is riffs in the past. That's Chaos Earth. This one is 99.99%. Yes, this is about 100 years before the riffs open up. Or it, it actually says that you have to play in modern present day today. Whatever day you're playing that's that's the time period you're in. So right. So if you started this game, it would be in 2022. So you would have all of the te- all of the technology and available stuff that you would have in 2022. You might have to change some stuff, you know, update the equipment. But I mean, the the, the Laszlo name itself, even as somebody who's not yes, a big Rift guy, no, knows Rifts. There, there, there are that two, is a there city. two cities slash countries, Laszlo and 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 New Laszlo, based yeah. off of this guy. Yeah. And uh. Victor Laszlo in Beyond the Supernatural disappears. He actually fell into a rift and went to Rift's Earth. In in uh in I, later I, to be theory, fair, I like that stuff. I like it yeah. when when games generation generationally combine like that. Like you can see a progression. 
Yes, Kill Raven. Yeah, he he got pulled into the future through a rift, and he ended up in Rift's Earth, and where where all of his theories were proven correct. Uh, uh he's he's the lore behind uh, PPE, ISP, uh, ley lines, all that stuff. He 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 took all of the lore, modernized it, and presented it. This is how it actually sh will function, and it magic and stuff is going to come back. It's going to be thing. Everyone's like, oh, you're crackpot. You're, you're worthless. He, he laid it all out and it was all correct. <laughs> I love this Cthulhu news network. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, now he, he brings, he brings an excellent, uh, an excellent point that the setting is also very different from any of the books we've gone through so far. And you get that by reading through all of the dialogue in the beginning, which is coming up now. Uh, right after this page, as a matter of fact, it's it it goes into zoom back out. characters talking to each other. Yeah, yeah. This is all characters talking. This is all story. This is all this is all story. Characters talking to each other, and through that conversation, you get the gist of the world. And here it is: supernatural is real. It's extremely difficult to prove it. Psychics are real. They are super duper weak unless they are faced with a giant supernatural threat and then they become strong. But since very little people are around for a supernatural threat or survive that magnitude of a supernatural threat. And after the threat is over, the psychics are now weak again, again, can't prove it. And there are other mechanics that, that, that we're, we're going to get into later that help not prove the supernatural exists, but you are basically a crackpot. You are a crackpot if you if you go around telling people, oh no, I'm I'm a I'm a parapsychologist. You know, uh, you remember Ghostbusters? I'm Venkman. No, you're not. You're a crackpot. <laughs> right? Yeah. Yeah. That's it. You know. So that that's what you get throughout the 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 conversations, and the and the gist of the world is is different from any other book we've gone through so far. Also, in the in the fact that there's a lot more gray area, and insanity mm. is much more important. The insanity mechanic that kind of surprised me because I was not expecting it makes sense because you know you yeah. got Cthulhu esque type now Cthulhu right. did come out before this obviously yes definitely but yeah. Uh, uh, yeah when I was looking at that horror factor section I was like oh okay yeah uh, the in insanity is a lot more important in in this book than it has been in any of the others so far that we've done this year the reason being is because the gray area in this world is much bigger. It's, it's based in the real world. It's based in now black and white doesn't exist. Palladium fantasy, black and white, uh, mechanoid trilogy. A very you black a and white. You You're can't bad. get more black you and white. Mechanoid? You're good. That's right. <laughs> it. White hat, black hat. That's it. Uh, heroes unlimited. You're a hero or you're a villain. Black, white. This is the first book we've done this year. That is shades of gray. They, it lives in the gray area. Or, or should we say promotes Shades of Grey? Because I, I can argue that Heroes Unlimited has Shades of Grey in it, but uh, but this one this one promotes it to some degree, almost as a yeah. necessity. Yes, it, it's absolutely a necessity. And, and you get that by reading all of the conversational dialogue that we have to skip over. Yep. All right. So I'm, I'm, I'm actual, already there. Yeah, you're already there. I've got to get there. Okay. Let me there zoom in a little bit. Okay. This and this is very important. The setting is our modern modern world today. So it's made to be run in the current time period that you are playing in in real life. It's made. Don't run it as it's in 1984. Don't run it 1991. Don't run it 1995. Run it 2022 if you're running it today. Oh, I can't sure, stranger things this thing. 
Yeah, no, no. Well, you could, but <laughs> it's not meant to do that. The 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 the, the player characters have to reconcile everything they know about the world now with the supernatural that they're going to be introduced to. And that's part of the conundrum that, you know, the, the player characters coming to terms with not only do they have powers, but supernatural creatures exist and no one can fight them except us, but no one, no one believes us because we're, we're a bunch of crackpots and I still have to have a job. You know, I, I, I can't live in the mystery machine. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. There's cancel culture in this game. Yeah, exactly. There, there, there's cancel culture here. So you're in trouble. There, there's deep fakes on the internet. No one's going to believe you. I have, I have a picture. I have a picture of Cthulhu. Eh, it's grainy. It's far away. It's a deep fake. Shut up. So you know what? I can Photoshop that as well. Exactly. I can Photoshop too. Shut the hell up. So you, you, you live in the world of skepticism and denial. That's where you live. That's where you have to learn to live and be comfortable with that. Because no one is going to thank you for, for doing your job. No one. Get used to that. The secret world of the supernatural. We'll read this first paragraph. People take their lives for granted. We busy ourselves with life's everyday chores and pleasures and gleefully accept everything set in the surface. When a question arises, we turn to men of science or learning or, or politicians or clergy and even celebrities. We don't question or challenge the status quo. For us, life is good, very good. But it goes on saying that the reason we, our life is good is because there are people in the muck keeping the evil supernatural things from sucking our souls from actually coming into the light, from actually getting to the point where everyone knows they exist. Because at that point, it's too late. People start dying in droves. So it takes people like the player characters who, who may not want to, but have to live apart from the world, beneath the world, in the dark, to make sure the things in the dark don't get out. Yeah, the, weir the, weir world, the weirdos, the uh, the, the yeah. eccentrics, the uh... <laughs> the world of the light, the world of, of of hashtag whatever, celebrity this, the world of Twitter can't handle a banshee, can't handle. A minor demon can't handle a zombie. Can't handle it. But zombie tropes in the no, no. If a real zombie came out, you'd forget everything you learned about zombies and try and kneecap them. Shut up. Can't handle that. The world would crumble and fall apart. Everything would stop. The world only runs because you, as the player character, are behind the scenes, keeping them safe and fueling the, the furnace of the world in the basement. That's what you're doing. And it's a thankless job. And you're going to have to get over that real quick. And now we'll move on to the second, to the second uh, part of the book of this page. Uh, this is the premise of beyond the supernatural too. science for all the good it has done is wrong. When it comes to the paranormal psychic phenomena, magic, the supernatural demonic creatures are all very real yet science rejects the very premise for to do. Otherwise we require them to reimagine the world and force them to rewrite the laws of physics. See, I told you this world cannot exist unless you as the player characters keep the things that they can't admit to away from their eyes. The world would stop running. 
Ironically, the old myths, legends, superstitions of ghost stories of the past frequently contain much more than a kernel of truth. They're all part of a frightening history that reveals a dark, hidden world of demons, monsters, magic, and evil that has always coexisted with our own and continues to thrive. Only modern people have been taught to ignore it. And that's part of a mechanic we're going to get into later. Modern people have the arbitrarily selected science to represent the accepted view of reality in such a way that most have closed their minds to all other possibilities. Any claims that challenge or threaten the worldview are ridiculed and branded as hoaxes, lies, chicanery, impossible, insane, unreal, fake news, whatever you want to call it. Uh, and it, that, that works even better in actual current time. In 2022, that works even better because most people are little bitches and will not accept anything except what they believe is true, to be real. Or if you believe in something they don't, that means you're wrong and should be destroyed. Are you what? going to say that uh, that you're a, a, a parapsychologist that hunts demons for a living in a world like that? No, man. No. You'll be canceled so fast, it's going to be crazy. Then we move on to the secret war. And we get into now uh, more uh, uh, dialogue between characters, uh, Anderson and and Petrakowski, Pet Petro Petrovsky, I guess, uh, put the last of the Nightblood demons down. They could already feel the creature rapidly dis discorporate underneath them. Now, this this whole thing is just an example to show you that proof cannot exist. When a supernatural creature dies, it disappears. It discorporates. It stops existing. I, I, I had to look at that word a few times. I was like, wait, what's that word? Yeah, it, it stops existing. So blood samples, teeth, hair, you know, genetic sequencing. You can't do any of it because no proof is left behind. And this whole thing is just to tell you that, that the reason why this war is secret is because after the after each battle is fought, it's like it never happened, except for the people who are left alive. And those people are all the player characters. <laughs> and you already knew it existed. So there you go. Uh, go ahead and uh, go through starred comments, and then we'll move on to the next thing. I only have two. Go for it. Um, both, both of them from Darth Theic versus uh, I like using the HF uh, horror factor mechanic, Wormwood, Nightbane. And it was using this setting also, and I, I posted a response there. I remember in our Palladium Fantasy game, I think the one Garthon ran, uh, he used Horror Factor, and I use it for anything unnatural in my After the Bomb games. Yep. But but it has to be extremely unnatural, not like right. uh, just another beast or something out there, you know. And then this sounds like it'd be close to Nightbane before the Day of Darkness, and I couldn't remember yeah. the name of the game, but somebody put it up here, which yeah. is... Uh, What's the zombie game? Dead Rain. And we will Dead not Rain. be covering Dead Rain because nope. uh, I have no. an issue with zombies. Yeah, he doesn't like zombies, so we're not doing that. Uh, yes, uh, Night Nightbane is a separate universe, but all, all Palladium universes are connected by Rift, so don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, uh, the, the supernatural did exist, but it didn't exist in the forefront of society. After the Day of Darkness, obviously, you know, people couldn't, couldn't say no, that supernatural stuff doesn't happen. Because it did to everyone all at once. So that that's how it worked. Now, now we'll move on to PDF page 14. Uh, I think I'm there. 
It's just the After one right starts the end of the world. Yeah. Our world is infested with evil, not just self-serving, sinister or murderous people, but actual monsters, creatures from the dark alien dimension, supernatural beings that have hunted, preyed upon and toyed with human beings since our ancestors first climbed out of trees. As impossible as it is to may seem, these malignant creatures walk the streets of our cities and towns like a forest predator. Most people never see one, but they're there lurking in the shadows, watching and waiting for the right moment to pounce upon an unsuspecting victim. I mean, think about it. Uh, even, even, even in our world, sometimes people go into the woods and they don't come out. Did they get lost? It turned Probably. into werewolves. No, did they get lost and just find somewhere to die and no one found them? Probably. Aliens anal probed them. But what if? What if the things in the dark are sometimes there it's a it's it's like a uh the uh doctor who episode uh forest in the library after library in the forest or something like that uh where there there were these invisible creatures that live in shadows and if you touch a shadow infested by them it eats all your flesh they're not in every shadow but they could be in any shadow you could walk into a forest the same forest a hundred times and come back out completely fine then one day you walk in and don't come out what happened to you? Oh, he must have got lost. Oh, he must have been injured. Oh, he must have got attacked by a bear. Can't find his body? Well, it's the woods. You know, animals take apart dead things and spread them around. We'll find them eventually. What if you don't? Doesn't matter. People people forget about it. Just another guy who got lost in the woods. Happens every once in a while, right? It's these things. The things that live in the dark. Got you. What about those stairs in the woods? I don't even know what that is. Stairs in the woods? I don't like stairs in the woods. That that doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> okay, truth be told, it seldom goes that far because most people who experience a supernatural encounter seldom report it to the authorities. They seldom speak of it at all or to anyone. Others keep silent to avoid social suicide and being labeled and ostracized as a weirdo freak or lunatic. And that's, that's exactly an what sentence. would happen in the current age. Exactly. Yep. In either case, most people find it easier to convince themselves of anything rather than accept the horrifying truth. Why? Because the truth is impossible to accept. Most people, 99.99 ad infinitum percentage of people on this planet would not be able to accept that demons are real. Even if confronted with one, one slobbered on you, bit your arm off, they would still find a way to go, oh, it was some, someone drugged me or I had a hallucination or I had an accident, lost my arm and I was, and you know, I, I was just hallucinating. And, and every doctor in the world would say, yep, you're right. And every psychologist would push you toward that conclusion. Because <laughs> so I can medicate you more. Believe it either. <laughs> you need medicine. Here you go. <laughs> exactly. They're, they'll put you on drugs un, un, until you don't think that anymore. That's exactly what they'll do. And we'll go to the next paragraph. As for the creatures themselves, they're the stuff of nightmares spawned from some alien dimension. Strange and terrible life forms beyond human comprehension and whose very existence seems to defy our understanding of life and reality. This is where it gets Cthulhuized. This is where Palladium becomes Cthulhuized. Because all of these things are so inhuman as to be horrifying to even look upon, let alone understand. And that is the, the core concept of Call of Cthulhu. Now, they don't go as far here as in Call of Cthulhu, but they expanded insanity and horror factor in this book from the other previous books that, that we've, that we've uh, done on this channel. 
Uh, through the, the Though there is talk of angels and creatures of light and goodness, we focus our attention on creatures of darkness. Demonic monsters, well, the reason being is because an angel or a creature of light and goodness is not going to come down and eat little Joey. Hey, so, angel of death, I'm just saying. But no, hey, hey, you know what? what you're saying. Then, then you could say it's, it was his time. So there you go. <laughs> Fair. There you go. There it is. But we don't, we're not going to talk about them in this book because that's not the point of this book. You right, right, are a yeah. defender of humanity. Angels are not your enemy. Banshees, ghosts, poltergeists, vampires, demons. These are your enemies. So these are the things that we talk about in this book, but let it be known that there are angels and, and supernatural creatures of light and goodness. And, you know, Cubs win the world series every year. If you're a Cubs fan type place, right? That's how it works. But we're going to focus on the stuff you're going to deal with, which is the baddies. Uh, let's see here. Ghosts, predatory beasts of instinct and superhuman ability and creatures are so wicked, cruel, and depraved that the only word demon does their descriptions justice. Debased and vile, these loathsome beings are attracted to humanity's vices and dark nature. And despite love, compassion, virtue, and all that is beautiful and good, although some of these beings can take the appearance of elegant and attractive people, their true form is almost always disfigured, hideous, or monstrous, as if their physical bodies reflected the creature's true, repugnant nature. The devil comes to you in the form of an angel of light. Exactly. That, you know... Uh, the the best lie is coded. No, the, the the best the the best trick is to is to coat you know a lie in truth and then in another lie. You know, onion layers. Okay, supernatural evil looks like a beautiful woman. Oh, I'm gonna get into that. But the the beautiful woman wants to do something. Oh, no, I don't want to do that. But but baby, I love you. Okay, I'll do that then. And then then you end up killing a priest. And what the hell? That's how succubuses get you in D and D. That's how all women get you in real Lucky life. Thank you, bye. You know, how we fight. There you go. There you go. And then we have the supernatural enemy. All Which right. is they're, a story. they're in groups. They are in groups. Okay. So it, it, it goes from the least, the least harmful to the most. Come on. First is haunters and pranksters. Right there. Things that go bump in the night. Many supernatural beings are spirits, ethereal beings made of energy. Upon entering our world, they must anchor themselves too, lest they lose their hold and vanish in but a few hours, returning to whatever hell or other dimension they came from. For some, like poltergeists, haunting entities, and others, that anchor is a human emotion or memories burned into the psychic fabric of the megaverse. This is a haunted house. Something really bad happened here that left enough psychic powerful psychic residue to where some supernatural creature who is passing through our dimension can grab onto it like a like a supernatural handhold and hook to it and stay in our world why would they want to well you'll find out we're gonna get there don't worry we're gonna get there right, by the way uh, just real quickly before heathen dog goes on um i'm gonna do this again two things we'll take a quick quick second break here um uh, i say be sure to like subscribe share come on guys you know you want to uh you really really want to send a good subliminal message the other thing is is go ahead and put in the comments because i've been seeing it in chat here a lot of people have been uh mentioning different genres and games everything from the dresden files to x files oh. to to uh I, well i mean i could scroll back uh but you know, don't have to name them all but uh what type of game yeah of course supernatural that that came up with the i, should, I think yep. i should hear kansas in the background uh, you know, but uh 
what other games and genres do you feel? Go ahead and put that in the comment section. Uh, what yeah. what what other settings or what type of settings outside of just your homebrew of whatever you want? Do you think that this game could cover? Because it seems like it's a very, very diverse game. You want to do Call of Cthulhu, but you want to do a Palladium sale? Here you go. Uh, and I'm not saying that Nightbane isn't better. I'm just saying that you could do that here. You want to play your uh, Dresden Files? You want to play your X-Files? You want to play Supernatural? You want to play your Twilight Zone? You want to play uh, oh, whatever? Yeah. Twilight uh, Zone. That That is the sweet spot for this game. Okay. That, 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 is the, that, that is, I think, the best overall an analogy is Twilight Zone. There's one more, or, and I forgot the name Tales of it. Tales from the Dark Side. Tales, Tales from the Dark, Dark Side. side uh, yep. What's what's the other one that, that was kind of a competitor? Um, so we control the the horizontal and the vertical. Oh, uh, the Outer Limits. Outer Limits. There we go. That's that's another one I see with this one. That's, yeah, you, you you all all of those are in the same vein that uh, that uh, Beyond the Supernatural was written in. Obviously, many of those came first, but uh, let's see. Uh, Supernatural predators, or do you want to do more on the gremlins and ghouls? I'm going to do the the second paragraph of the haunters and pranksters. May seem as solid as a rock, but even for them, their link to our plane of existence is tenuous. And when that link, often the physical body they have assumed or the the physical place they've latched onto, is destroyed, they vanish as if they never were. Now, yes. here here is another problem with uh with uh, uh beating a supernatural evil. It stops existing in our world. All evidence, all evidence of it is gone. Think of Poltergeist. At the end of Poltergeist, even the house left. The house got sucked up in another dimension. But when the cops come, they're like, where'd the house go? Oh, it, 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 it got sucked up into a supernatural black hole. They're going to go, uh-huh. No, the Amish came in and actually took it down. Yeah, there you Not go. Not put it up, took it down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. They, they can do that in a day. Why not? Yeah, so there you go. And then there's supernatural predators. Supernatural predators are usually slobbering monsters yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Hunt and feed on humans. They're feral, primordial fiends that are more bestial than human. They may prowl the forest or the cities or both stalking prey in the parks and avenues or sewers or abandoned buildings, darkened alleys, brightly lit neighborhood streets. These are this is what I was talking about earlier about. You can go in the forest 100 times, 101 time. You don't come out. Why? You hit one of these things. You went there the wrong day. Sorry. Bad luck. Reverse Amish. There you go. But, uh, yeah, so, uh, you know, you go down an alley. You end up dead. Were you robbed? Were you mugged? Were you, you there, there, there slashes were you on your body. Were eaten by hellhounds? Or were, or were you, were you attacked by, by a supernatural thing? And now the supernatural thing is gone and science can't explain what really happened. So they do it as much as they can using what they understand, which is, you know, it was an animal, a wild dog, an animal attack, you know, that happens in supernatural all the time. Wild animal, a bear, you know, uh, uh, rabid dogs, raccoons, I don't know, something. Uh, while most supernatural predators are animalistic hunters, some, like the Nightblood, exhibit human intelligence and cunning. Many play with their food, humans, before making <laughs> a kill. Some like to terrorize their prey first. Others engage in cat and mouse games. Still others use seduction and trickery or playful antics to attract and toy with their prey. But in the end, they all slay their victims for food and pleasure, either devouring them whole or eating some specific part. Brain, head, hands, heart, feet. Genitals, whatever. Fingernails. 
Jinger in the, the bottom line is genitals. Yeah, oh my yeah. god. Whatever. Supernatural predators are hunters who may kill for pleasure, fun, or revenge, but like animals, ultimately hunt for food. Some have a favorite prey. Some will go for anyone who's just there. And it gives examples. Uh, Loop Garu, which are lycanthropes, uh, Nightblood, uh, Malignus, Hellhounds, Boogeymen, uh, Narcoran. Have you seen these in the Palladium Fantasy book? Boogeymen? They're They're creepy looking little imp guys. Like It's actually something I've used a few times in my uh, After the Bomb games. Yes. And uh, if if you want a, a, a... a good analog for like a, a boogeyman talking. Uh, Terry Pratchett wrote uh, wrote Discworld, and uh, you should check it out. The, the whole series is really good, but uh, he actually has boogeymen in there, and they are uh, they're 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 more trickster tricksters and pranksters than they are. Uh, yeah, see, they're they're little little ugly pieces of crap. I mean, they are awful. I mean, they're, compared to people, they are just mean and stupid and bad. But uh, they're far from the most dangerous thing out there because here we have demonic servants tempters schemers seducers and enforcers these are your stereotypical storybook demons crossroads demons from supernatural would fall under here succubi would fall under here anyone any like like the devil made me do it that's these guys Sometimes the devil actually does make you do it. Only it's not the devil. It's one of these guys, a demonic servant. Uh, Supernatural beings that most humans think of as greater or lesser demons or devils fall into the category of demonic servant. These beings are usually intelligent and humanoid in appearance or can assume in a humanoid shape or appearance at will and probably for an indefinite amount of time. Some, like like the Die Book, can even assume the very appearance of an attractive human, but underneath this facade of beauty is a gruesome monster. These are the things that are made to trick you. They don't just want you to, they don't just want to eat you. That's that's not their purpose. Their, their, their purpose is to corrupt you. It's like that's horrors from Earth. Their kicks. Drink. Uh, although each of these beings may and often do act of their own accord. Their kind are regularly subjugated and forced to serve ancient evil demon lords and alien intelligences. In fact, they may also be made to serve humans via magic, cursed objects, demonic packs, whatever. Uh, if, if you have a warlock in this day and age, you'd have to make a pact with at least a demonic servant or higher to actually get power. And then we get to the biggies. These are the big ones, the ancient evils. Lords of Darkness, Death, and Chaos. Ancient evil includes demon lords and gods of darkness known, forgotten, and unknown to humankind. They are among the most dangerous of all supernatural beings and often secretly work behind the scenes to inspire and promote cruelty, evil, chaos, and destruction. They are the movers and shakers, the masterminds of the supernatural world, and the earth is their playing field. These malignant kings and queens and gods command a host of demonic servants, supernatural predators and haunters, as well as manipulate human servants as pawns in elaborate schemes, games and wars between themselves and for their own amusement. Now, this is where it gets a lot like second edition D&D manual of the planes type stuff where, you know, even even among the evil, there there are no friends. You know, they each want to one up each other. And it seems Cthulhu-esque to me. Or am I wrong? Uh, well, with, the now, ancient, with the ancient old ones or whatever they're called? Well, kind of, but okay. f- right now we're a little bit further away okay. from that because uh, they're, they're all, they all want to do the same thing, but they all want to be the winner. Got quote, it. Unquote, they winner. all want to be Osmodius. Yeah. Or... Exactly. They all want to be top dog, 
So they're, they're, they're making plays upon plays upon plays to make sure not only do they, that they win, but their rivals lose. They don't just want to win. They want other people to lose. Okay. And these, these are the, the, what, in what most games, these are the big dogs. These are the end. This is the end boss. This is what you're going to fight at the end of a campaign. When I, when I was reading through time, this, sorry, go ahead. What's that? Uh, when I was reading through this, uh, this sentence stuck out to me. And I don't know if you're going to read more of this specific type. Uh, if you are, I'll let it go. Else, uh, this, this is right here, the, the sentence that stuck, uh, stuck out to me. Yeah. To call them the embodiment of evil is an accurate description, but in words themselves belie the true rage of horror and pain ancient evil can inflict upon others. This yeah. is where somebody like me, because I run very visceral, dark, sometimes gross games, I take that and I'm like, oh, we're about to have fun. As Crafty said, we have such sights to show you. Exactly, it's one of the yeah. reasons why I liked like Hellraisers. It, it, for its time, anyway, it didn't yeah. shy away from, from that kind of gross nonsense. So. so most of the time, these are the big bads. These are the ones that that if, if a group gets to level 15 and takes out one of these uh, gods, demon lords, or whatever you have thrown a wrench in, into their evil cog and, and you have, you have ground, ground their plans, even if only for a moment to a stop, that's a win. That's the best win you can hope for in an ongoing fight against good and evil. You've stopped. Even I like how you, how you said level 15. So you're not doing this at level two. No, you're not doing this at level two that you'll, you'll get murdered, murdered, death killed, but there are things above this. Oh, let's see what those are. Alien intelligences, alien intelligence, evil incarnate. Uh, yes, they they were the first things in the universe to gain sentience. They live at minimum a quarter of a million years. Oh, so this is more Cthulhu esque. Yes, here's where you get into Cthulhu. All alien intelligences have around the same configuration. They have a giant eyeball, huge lots of tentacles. And then their specialty stuff. They could have many eyeballs on their entire body. They could be covered in hair. They, they could be covered in mouths. But eyeball, amorphous, tentacles, that's your basic alien intelligence right there. And all of them, nope, scratch that, 99.9999% of them are irrevocably, unimaginably evil. Absolutely Who's no the .001? <laughs> Uh, Toth, the, the, the Egyptian God used to be an alien intelligence. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, there, there, I believe there is one other alien intelligence that is written as good, uh, in the Palladium universe, but they are, they are the white sheep. Yeah, they are, they are the, 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 uh, absolute aberration in this one. Alien intelligence are more powerful and more terrible than ancient evil. Even their physical bodies are monstrous mounds of pulsating flesh and slime-covered tentacles. That's that, that that's their basic there. It is said that they more resemble something you'd scrape off your foot than any living thing that walks the earth. Fair enough. Gargantuan in all magnitudes, alien intelligence range in size from that of a house to an office building. These god-like, no, gods have nothing on these creatures. <laughs> gods are afraid of true alien intelligences. Zeus would not survive a one-on-one -on -one fight with an alien intelligence outside of Olympus. He would die horribly. 
not not even a thing. Uh, can straddle dimensions and send fragments of their own miserable life essence into worlds of mortals to inspire fear, hate, murder, and madness. Example. Bertie Garm. In- that 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 is that is a high level alien intelligence fair enough the lowest level alien intelligence is the is i think the splugorth in in palladium okay the one level above them are vampire intelligences their big thing is they send a fragment of their essence into the world that fragment finds a human being makes a deal with that human being. I will give you power. You give me what I want. I'll give you what you want. The human being says, yes, boom. That human wakes up the next night as a master vampire. His job is to make more vampires to create an anchor in the world so the alien intelligence main body can now enter. That's that's the master vampire's job. And then when that happens, to protect the alien, to protect the vampire intelligence. That's that's it. That's a master vampire's job, and all of it to make more vampires to corrupt the entire world. Now, this this game has another category for enemies. That's people. The reason being is because, like I said, no one's going to believe you. They're going to try and cancel you. They're they're going to try and put you in a insane asylum. They're going to get you fired from your job because they're 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 going to go on Twitter and 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 say whatever. You know, you, you said to them, they're going to go on Twitter and do that. And then you're going to get fired. So yeah, the humans, the regular rank and file humans are your enemies by accident, not by design. The supernatural evil are by design enemies of human beings. Other human beings are enemies just because that they don't get it. They just don't get it. You do. You get the score. They don't know the score. They think you're the crazy one. When you say this, the sky is blue, they all think it's orange. It's just there's more of them than there are of you. So you, by definition, are insane. So get with that. Before we get into the next story part of it, uh, can I go through some chat? Go ahead. Because we got I got a bunch starred. That back on the screen. There we go. Um, so there we go. Jack71 says, Beyond the Supernatural is one of the most underrated Palladium games, in my humble opinion. I have no experience with it, but in my skimming of it and hearing what other people said and looking at how this book is put together, uh, right now I, I can understand that. I, I it's, uh, This type of genre is not my cup of tea. Like, uh, like uh, Ethan Dog up there, he runs Call of Cthulhu. Uh, he plays in the Masters tournaments and so forth. I have literally no desire to play in the games. Not that I think that they're bad. Investigative games like that aren't for me. Mm. So, um, because uh, I overthink them. Uh, GMs, I've seen too many GMs become adversarial. And now, to be fair, I listened to his game that he ran, and it didn't seem adversarial at all. It seemed very well done. It's just, they're not for me. Um, uh, uh, this actually happened to me. I solved an entire. Uh, what game were we playing? Wasn't Beyond the Supernatural? Uh, sorry, wasn't uh, Call of Cthulhu? Is a game like it? I forget. It was in the early '90s, anyway. And I actually solved it right away. Accidentally blurted out the answer. The game master got pissed off at me, and through the rest of the entire adventure, I was overthinking everything because I thought I was on a track. I wasn't on a track. It wasn't working out, and it confused the shit out of me. And I said, I hate these kind of games. So yeah, you can blame the game master, but they're not for me. But uh, outside of that, pardon that big diatribe there for this, but uh, is, yeah, I mean, I, I think I agree with this. What are your thoughts? 
No, I mean, uh, this this is uh, threading the needle between uh, a Palladium universe and a Call of Cthulhu universe. It's really threading the needle right right in between the two. You don't want to go too much Call of Cthulhu because then, then insanity will become too important and it'll be game-breaking because Palladium isn't made for that. But you want to you want people to have more more dysfunction because this is a darker world than what we've what we've come come across before. Would you say that Call of Cthulhu is better for one shot, so to speak, and this is better yes, for a campaign? Definitely, this is better for a campaign. Call of Cthulhu is much better for one shots. You can have a Call of Cthulhu campaign and be completely viable. Don't get me wrong. It's just that you better have three or four characters lined up. <laughs> you know, and, and always the play the jock. Yeah, waiting in the wings, you know, for for when when your character bows out or gets killed. But in in this game, it's a little harder to die or go insane than in Call of Cthulhu. But it's much easier to die or go insane than in other Palladium games. Like I said, right in between. So Omar Hawkman clarifies: stairs in the wood is a trope of finding obviously artificial things where no human civilization is known to have existed. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the wrong button there. Um. Maliki says, I just want to say Dead Rain is the best take on zombies and the setting is so open uh, to make it your own. Fine. Um, He has a personal grudge. Well, no, no. Well, it's not against Dead Rain at all. It's just against the topic. Zombies in general. A lot of people have actually written to me and said that, dude, you got to give Dead Rain a look. It's really good. Maybe someday in the future I will because I do love Undead in my games. I'm just so... Since 2010, so we're talking 12 years now, I have not wanted anything to do with anything zombie-oriented. But that's not to say it's a bad game. And a lot of people said that Dead Rain is really good. I trust you. I just don't want to play it. Beyond the Supernatural, Dead Rain, Cast Earth could be from almost one timeline. Thoughts? I don't know about the Dead Rain thing. Uh, I know you so beyond, beyond the Supernatural and Cast Earth, 99.999% correct. Dead Rain is actually a, a different dimension than Beyond the Supernatural and Chaos Earth. It is not Prime. What about Nightbane? Not Prime. Okay. Crafty says, I want to see more psychological horror, beast horror, ghosts and spirit horror, devils and demons, classical and mythological. It's yeah, so well, hard this, to pull this off, is though. the modern day version of that right here. This is, this is, th- no, this. This right here is the modern day version of that in a Palladium setting. The only way you're, you're going to get more of this is if you go into riffs or or you go into high level Palladium fantasy games that that actually use the the demons and and God's book the which I have I don't know if I have it here or it's in the shelf it's in the shelf back there but I actually have it but uh, yeah the this this is where this is where you start to see it but at a lower lower magical level which which you know a, a lot of people like the the lower magical level it's it's got all this not all the stuff it's got a lot of stuff that riffs has but amp down bring it down because when the magic and the psionics and the supernatural is toned down a little bit then you can, it can be more about the characters more about other things than just you know surviving to your next meal supernatural powers aren't as strong here than they are in riffs they're not an everyday thing but when they do happen the world can't handle it. You have to. In rifts, everyone's got a mega damage weapon. Even even Farmer Joe, he has a mega damage rifle. He may not have mega damage armor or anything like that, but he is prepared for a supernatural threat to protect his crops. You know, at some point here, I'm gonna I'm gonna ask you to make a 10 15 minute video because I keep every time we cover something, Palladium, glitter boys are too powerful. They're OP. 
have a video on how that's not true. Yeah. <laughs> side to side there, but um, so right, I, I say that psychological horror is hard to pull off for most game masters. Yeah, that's that's the problem. But okay, next uh, we have Kill Raven. I think it's a different bogeyman in Beyond the Supernatural versus Fantasy. I don't know if you can read the writing there, but it says, "See that on the no, we can't read it." Okay, it says uh, a source. It's a painting. Source book for use with the Palladium role playing game and Beyond the Supernatural. There you go. Now, to so be fair, this was first edition, and, beyond, and I have to undo this because it's getting hot in here. It's this, ta <laughs> this, this tapestry. Yeah. This, this tapestry keeps the heat in here, so starting so, to sweat. But but this is first edition too, if I remember correctly. So yeah, fair enough, fair enough. But uh, all right, next got three more. Mark Hawkman says, "Hmm, maybe have the players acting as servants." No, of an no, that that is a big mistake. A lot of game masters make. Do not make your player. Do not let your player characters work for the bad guys. It completely destroys the idea of the game. Stop it. Stop it. This game is not built for that don't let it happen and, and most of, of the time you can be the bad guys not in this one well and, and that's the thing that's a theme across palladium as a whole i mean palladium fantasy might be a touch different than this one but most of the characters in the games are presented as good guys earth yes. does that as well where it's like it doesn't tell you you have to have an alignment but it's like look the world has enough You're crap in it try to be you know. yeah. yeah i mean there, there's there's fame and infamy in in every other palladium game besides this one you're looking for fame and staying away from infamy in this game you'll never get fame because no one will believe you but you're still a good guy you're still helping humanity that's the whole point so don't 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 move away from the point all right we're getting a bunch of good chats in the interlude here but i can't keep starring everything so <laughs> uh so thank you for the chat so do appreciate it toth, we'll have to up. yeah well yeah uh uh toth uh when 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 toth was one of the most powerful alien intelligences in the universes uh did a, a a magic circle spell it went wrong and and turned into the egyptian god form lost a lot of his power because like i said alien intelligence eat gods for breakfast they're nothing the big bads they 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 will toss a god around like a small child it's crazy all right then we've got uh do that do that three more and i'm not gonna if even if there's a good comment comes up uh the thing i don't like about this game was the limited number of character classes i actually have a comment on that as myself okay. but uh i do plan on running beyond the supernatural game soon but making with heroes unlimited and venture brothers and here's what i've got okay. to say about that is uh I generally agree because pretty much every class in the game is psychic. And we'll have a comment in the moment here yep. that, that goes over that. But that is the that is the the setting of the world. That's the thing. Like I, I am very pure, very much a purist when it comes to the setting of the world. So when I hear something like I plan on running beyond the supernatural game soon, but mixing with heroes unlimited, then you're not playing beyond the supernatural. You're making right. a homebrew thing that, that was not meant for beyond the right. supernatural. And and you're making a lot of work for yourself because you will have to curate every single power that you allow and you're not well, going to have high powered games many of them no, he, he loves high powered games so i think i think he'll be fine yeah. with that you're going to have to curate everything and you are going to have to apply the 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 power mechanic of beyond the supernatural to uh uh hero powers as well yeah how, 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 do, how do i not have my supernatural strength when i'm <laughs> exactly you're going to have to nerf them as much as the is as much as the psychic powers and and, and magic are nerfed in this game or, or else it's going to be it's going to be unbalancing or it's going to be a heroes unlimited game with a beyond the supernatural feel right 
which is fine. Yeah. But you know, you, you do not want to mix orange juice and milk, right? Both of them on their own are pretty good. Put them together. It's gross. And that's, <laughs> that, and that's exactly what you're doing with this. I'm sorry. Well, he updated his comment in chat, but we got to move on. So uh, I think psychological horror needs very good descriptions that don't give players the conclusion for what they should feel. It should walk them all the way to the cliff and let them look over it. That is what's very tough for a typical game master, myself included. Yes. I mean, uh, what every game master dreams of is creating a, uh, a Cloverfield type monster where the characters are deathly afraid of it but they don't actually see it. They know it's there. They see the effects. Their friends are dying all around them. They don't really see it, but they're immensely afraid of it. It is real. It exists, even though they can't see it. That is beautiful. That is absolutely beautiful. It's a dream. Is it? Does it happen all the time? Not even close. You got to have a really good gym. Again, in the horror games that I've played, the different ones, very rarely have I felt like it's a horror game. I felt like I was watching a Friday the 13th, movie, even if it wasn't a slasher, but that's how I felt because I'm never scared in a Friday the 13th movie, you know? Right. Uh, and uh, in, in the, in the call of Cthulhu mythos, uh, uh, Lovecraft gets around that by having most of the people who survived the event go insane. So they can't actually uh, give a proper account of what happened. Only their feelings or their, or their, obje- of their, you know, non-objective viewpoint of it. So you don't get a rendition of the thing that they saw. You get an imagination of the thing they saw through the lens of their momentarily or currently broken psychotic mind state. <laughs> hey, uh, Heathen Dog ha- played Amnesia Dark Descent. Yes, or, I did. Yeah, or, so, uh, yeah, you can, you can check that out. Uh, I don't know if it scared you much, but I know you got pissed off a lot. All right, yeah, the, the last one. And, and just so you know, uh, Shadow and Son, um, it said Venture Brothers isn't a, isn't a role-playing game. <laughs> like that that can be your theme that's great uh i I get the theme that you're going for but uh, for our focus here it's like heathen dog said you're just going to have extra work to do if you're willing to do it it'll work out for you it's just it's not going to be a beyond the supernatural game it's going to be a heroes Uh, Heroes variant yeah so um maliki says uh the one bad thing about uh, beyond the supernatural second edition is that they took out all the magic user classes magic is going to get its own book but that still has still here yeah, I thought I saw, I, I definitely saw yeah. some magic in the yeah, book. There, but... there's, there's one or two magic OCCs left in Bound the Supernatural. But, uh, and uh, yes, you're right. When it comes, you can import anything from any other games. I get that. I get that. I get that. We're, we're you know, we're, remember when we do these segment ones, we're heavily focused on staying with what we're, what we've yeah, got here. In this game or at the, in, for this year in Palladium. It says Venture Brothers is a setting. That's fine. It's a cartoon okay. to me. All right, and we're going to go to PDF page 19, uh, Vanishing Evidence. Uh, now, uh, the, the the Vanishing Proof is is uh, is another story where NPCs are talking to each other, but Vanishing Evidence is where it actually sums it up in rules. Supernatural beings must somehow bind slash anchor themselves to our plane of reality in order to remain in it. For some, that means linking itself to a powerful psychic memory, places of power, or people. For others, it requires possessing another living being and using the host body as its own. Likewise, some beings are anchored to our world by the worship of mortals. Covens, cults, whatever, you know, nighttime is the right time and you you get you get bad things. And for many supernatural beings, they must actually construct a physical body to inhabit made of earthly materials or living beings in order to function, blah, blah. No matter what happens, no matter what they do, they are here artificially. So 
when they are defeated, when their anchor is destroyed, the house is clear or the, 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 the person who they are possessing is killed. There's no evidence of supernatural activity left because it all, it all disappears. It literally leaves reality. It's gone. It's called discorporation. For most supernatural beings to function in the physical world, they must A, be summoned to earth by mortal, and B, anchor themselves in some way to stay here for any length of time. Regardless of how the creature arrived on earth, in all cases, the supernatural being's presence in our mortal plane is tenuous one at best. Consequently, when demons and other supernatural beings are slain, physically killed, their link to our reality is shattered and their physical manifestation vanishes turning to dust or sludge or bubbles or insects or whatever they it it is it's it's transitioning back to something that our reality can contain without supernatural energy no bones no blood no snot or goo (laughs) nothing there's no proof left over nothing to examine nothing to show a jury Why'd you kill Billy? Oh, B- Billy was was possessed by a demon succubus. And here's the, oh. You're just going to jail. You can't even get the Vankman goo on a stick. That no, was Vankman, no, right? None of that. He slimed you. Great. That that slime is gone in 10 minutes. You look like you just got dusty powder. What, did you walk through what, what, a construction site? Alcum powder or what? Yeah, oh, there man. you go. Uh, Discorporation is a weird phenomenon that confounds the efforts of paranormal investigators in their quest to prove the supernatural is real, and in some cases to prove they are not insane quacks or criminals. Yeah, we do, we don't need to go on through that. That the the idea that once the anchor is gone, once you've exercised the demons in the house, once you've once you've killed the host to the to to the vampire consciousness, once you've destroyed the cursed item, all proof that the supernatural was there is gone because it literally can't exist anymore. There's nothing powering it. It was alien to our universe. Our universe rejects it and it's gone. I think this quote needs to be read. So I'll read the first line. Get the second one. Okay. Well, I don't really like the idea of you call me honey. So never mind. Um, So why doesn't somebody stand up to tell and tell the truth? Honey, the loony bins are full of people. What told the truth that, that, that sums up everything we've said so far. Yeah, basically, yes. You know, I mean, uh, ju- just think in the world of beyond the supernatural. Every single homeless guy who's ranting, talking to himself on the side of the street. One out of one, one out of 100 times, he's actually talking to something that you just can't see. Or he's he 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 saw something that you can't understand. Which is probably why he's homeless. Now, we know that there's a large proportion of the homeless population that are mentally deranged in some way, in some level, in some fashion. In the Beyond the Supernatural universe, there's a percentage of those people who are deranged because of crap like this. And no one believes them because they're a, they're a mad hatter homeless bastard. No one's going to believe them. Uh, and then it just keeps going. Uh, uh, it, it goes into secrecy and, you know, what do, do you do? You tell someone, no, you don't. You fight the good fight. You stay under the radar because nothing good can come of you telling someone the real truth. Nothing good can come of that. 
at best, they're going to think you're a liar. They're going to think you're unhinged. You're going to lose your job. You're going to be on the streets. At worst, you're no longer going to, going to be able to fight the good fight because they put you in a loony bin or they put you in jail and you're done. So you shut the hell up. Keep your head down. Keep moving forward. The world needs you. Don't screw it up by, by you know, live, trying to live stream a supernatural event. You're stupid. Don't do that. And, it, 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 and uh, the rest of this whole section is just uh, reiterating your help to, to explain why these things happen when players, if players try to tell the truth. These are all the ways you can screw them over. And do it. As a, as a game master, it's your duty yeah. to use every trick in the book to make sure that the player characters never succeed. Especially, especially when you have somebody who thinks he's really smart and used all the best rationalization in the world. Imagine this for just a moment, and I'm not dogging anything. I'm using just a real-world example. If you don't like my example because you think I called you out, well, maybe I did. No, but... Uh, if you if you get into a discussion between a hardcore atheist and a hardcore Christian, they're not going to convince each other. And no. you can have the most rational discussion you want on either side of that fence, whatever your belief is, and yet you're not going to come out the winner nope. because, no of the because of the fact that uh, somebody's arms are just crossed. And, and that's just the way it is. And the same thing happens here. You can have all the evidence, all the conspiracies in the world. Pretty soon you're just a loon. Yeah. Yeah. Co there you go. I, Cognitive dissidence. Exactly. Yeah. I am a hardcore atheist. I have to acknowledge the fact that it is more logical to believe in God than not. There is a huge downside if I'm wrong. And absolutely no downside if I'm not. And then there'd be others who absolutely disagree with that. As somebody, I, I don't get in the religious debates anymore, but uh, as somebody who is, we'll just say I'm very much more pro-religion uh, and, and I can debate that. I, I, I think that the last thing he just said, there is a fallacy. However, we are not going to convince each other, no. nor am I going to try. There you go. So, but I still don't believe in, in a higher power at all. I, still I definitely don't. do. He definitely does. I definitely don't. But we are, we are, we, we both have the same problem. None of us can prove we're right. And that's the beyond the supernatural problem. The player characters can never prove they're right. You can't prove a negative and discorporation creates the negative. Yep, exactly. That's, that's the rub. That's the rub. You, as a game master, you can never let them prove the supernatural exists. It literally breaks the game and there's a mechanic to make them stop. And that whole thing right there, that, uh, that entire section is designed to help the game master stop the player from doing something stupid, like trying to prove the supernatural exists. Do you want to um do you want to cover no, the I characters? Think we're done today okay. Because I, the next I, thing is characters and, and psychic uh, and 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 psychics and stuff like that in the psychic world. And I think that's gonna be a different day. I was just wondering if you wanted to do the characters and just the character section, because next week we would just start with psychics and because it's gonna be a long 
Well, the whole character thing is 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 pretty much everything I've been talking about. Okay. So we don't really need to. Actually, yeah, a lot of this is just uh, covering his history of playing. Yeah. So, you know, it, it's, it, it's, not, it's not important to the game. Okay. All right. Then next week, we are going to start with the psychic world. And next week is we all about psychics. Oh, I think I have a little picture for that. Hold on. Let me, let me find my picture. And I do have a, I know I've got a couple of chats to read. I'll do it. Um, okay. Here we go. Psionics. Psychic character. Should I call it, should I change it to psychics or should I just leave it psionics? I don't know. I'll let you guys decide in chat. But uh, that's I what we're. You think I should change it? Yeah. To psychics? Okay. Psychics, I'll, yeah. I'll change it before next week. Uh, that's just how I have it written now. So, but we'll have psychic character. Uh, then that's weird because it'll be psychic, yeah, psychic character class. Character class to something else. No, I'll just make psychic the white, and then character classes after that. It's just all psychic. Okay, that's fine. I can do that. All right, yeah. but uh, please, uh, please like, subscribe, share. Uh, I'm enjoying this series so far. It's the first one I know, but you know what? This is a game I've never played before, and I'm liking it so far. So there you go. I think you should too. And right. I will. Take Before that we end the segment, we should look at the yep, last the chats. The star chats. Yeah. Boom. Kill Raven says, just for the record, there really uh, really are no magic arcane classes in second edition. Kevin took them out with his intent to put them in their own book, but never made that book. Maybe made book. that's something I, we can ask I, uh, when he comes you know, here. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to ask him that. But uh, I, I thought there is an arcanist in here. I thought it had magic, but maybe I was wrong. Okay. But, let me add that to my list of questions that uh, that I might get to ask him. For, so, well, let me reiterate on here. On 14th of August, barring anything weird happening, Kevin uh, has agreed to actually come on RPG Digest and talk to us. Uh, he said he can give us a maximum of 90 to 120 minutes. So, you know, we've got limited time with him, but that's perfect. And it'll be after Gen Con. And we very much look forward to that. And if you've got any questions, comments, questions, questions comments questions you like that uh concerns <laughs> uh you can come by our discord link in the description below and post them in the suggestions channel the suggestions channel no guarantees we'll get to them but we will try to get to them uh and uh, we'll ask him we'll ask him about things like that like are you going to make that book uh, really this is a uh, chance for us to get to know him uh what his philosophies are when it comes to game design we're not just going to be poignant questions are you going to do this you can do that no it's going to find out like what got him started uh what his future is with this etc cetera, etc cetera. we want to know about kevin himself we can figure out how the games work by reading the games yeah uh, and and his his view for the future uh i have a couple of questions about savage world stuff like that like where is this going you know all that stuff so i want i want to hear it from the from the horse's mouth. There you go. So yeah. So if you if you didn't know about that, uh, he'll be on 14th of August, 2022. And in the meantime, which only one half of this has been advertised, we have a giveaway. Oh. We have a members only giveaway that I've already advertised, which you can go to our YouTube channel and look in the community tab and see the rules for it there, or you can go to our webpage, and I'll bring that up later, probably during segment two. Uh. That's again, that's for members only, but we're going to have a public giveaway. Also, Kevin has agreed. He hasn't told me exactly how many. I don't want to break his bank, but he said that he's willing to sign and give away some some books. And that giveaway announcement, I think, happens tomorrow is when I have it scheduled for. But I can tell I can show some of you about that uh, in segment two today. So know that we are going to have some Palladium book giveaways and some gift certificate giveaways. So look at all that. DJ Myth giving you stuff, inviting people on and giving you stuff. And Kevin has been absolutely crazily gracious in emails. So uh, good on him. 
he's been one of the best people I've ever had, you know, short communications back and forth with uh, email. Okay, let's go next one. Egypt, would you consider Super 8 and Beyond the Supernatural setting? Uh, I'm not. I don't know, I don't know what Super 8 is. Yeah. And Beyond the Supernatural is a setting, yeah. There are, people are just trying to get pedantic. Old Venture Brothers are saying, no, it's a stupid cartoon. Shut up. <laughs> Actually, I like the cartoon, but uh, you guys need someone off camera to add random comments. No, it sounds like cheating. Yeah, if we... Sounds like cheating, and, and <laughs> Schlo is too cheap to pay someone to do that. Except, no, wait, we have your wife. You, you have to give her a list probably, of things. She's probably not watching anymore. This stuff bores her. Okay, you have to give her a list of things and a, and a, and a timestamp to put it in. Uh, all right, with that, I, you know I'm just trying to get under people's skin, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, and I think that's it for the things that we really need to put on screen. Uh, so that's it. That's going to be it for segment one. Let me put the branding up real quick so you can see it. Uh, boom. Well, thank all of our people. You know, we got a lot more chat than what any of you folks saw on screen. We really do appreciate those people in chat. Uh, you know, yeah, all the people who uh, support us, the super chat we got earlier, et cetera, et cetera. That is our streaming schedule. Obviously, the videos go live throughout the week, but uh, that is our streaming schedule. Sundays and Fridays are about tabletop role-playing games. Thursdays and Saturdays over on Twitch, Heathen Dog streams a video game. Right now, it happens to be Dungeons Dragons Online. But if you watch us a year from now, he might be playing something totally different. Oh, I found a horror game I want you to play. <laughs> but, uh, but it's a single-player game, and I know you're doing co-op stuff now, so I don't want to mess with that. So, And... Uh... There's some links for you to check out. Come to our Discord. Talk to us on our Discord. Ask us questions that you want us to ask Kevin on the 14th of August, and we may or may not get to them. And you'll find out more information about the giveaway in our Discord as well. And in the, what do you call it, the YouTube community tab. There we go. And finally. Right. There we are. Get for segment one and uh, kill raven this is this is going to be a question we're going to we're going to talk to him about but uh uh Schlow has to has to ask if this is something that he wants off limits or not if he feels like i i want it off i look i don't i don't censor people i want it off limits you and i have talked about that i don't want to i i, I, I don't think you, it's i don't, I don't think it's going to do us supernatural about about the magic book that was supposed to happen but didn't and he brings it up that's not on me right yeah absolutely yeah. Uh, this is what i'm going to say you know on the stream this isn't going to be on the youtube video later but uh on the stream yes i want that off limits i don't want to talk but i've actually mentioned a couple of times that there's a question you want to ask that i don't want you to ask but i don't censor people and if you do ask it you ask it and then whatever follow-up happens from that i mean my hardest any question because i don't want to ambush people that come on that's really what it comes down to now if he comes on a second or third time <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've already got my list of questions right here, or proposed questions. These aren't, this isn't a vetted list. Uh, <laughs> that one's I'm going to ask before we even start. Uh, rifters on, you know, putting rifters on CD. If there's a second edition, revised, or third edition, what would you do differently? Uh, what do you say to people who say or believe that Palladium system is too clunky or crunchy? And how do you encourage uh, newer or younger players to play Palladium book games? And then I just added the whole, you know, Beyond the Supernatural Magic book right after any After the Bomb source books. So uh, these are not solidified. I, these are not in stone. These are not for sure what I'm asking, but these are the ones I'm intending to ask now, plus what you guys put on the stream and plus whatever Heathen Dog's questions are. So, you know, so we're going to have limited time with them. Yeah. The other thing that I. Time, so we have to pick our stuff carefully. Yeah. And the other thing that I mentioned to him is. Uh, Quick looking things. Oh, shit. Sorry. My. Uh, book was on my spacebar that's funny spacebar does stuff uh the other thing that 
uh, as I want to give him the opportunity to talk about things that he wants to talk about. Right. And I even said that to an email. It's like, if there is a question you want me to ask, see, I will never let somebody say, don't ask these questions. This is why I'm telling Heathen Dog, it's off limits as, as far as I prefer it to be off limits, but I don't tell people... If you were to come in here, he's like, you can talk to me anything about Palladium books except for Beyond the Supernatural. I'd be like, no, I, no nobody tells me what I can ask on my own show. Um, but at the same time, I also know how to have decorum. I know how to be respectful. And if there's something that he wants us to ask or if he just wants to bring it up on his own, I want to give him the time to do that. I specifically said, if there is something that you think that you're never asked or that you want to cover that you just feel that people don't ever ask, that you wish more people would talk to you about or ask you about, bring it up. By all yeah. means, bring it up because this is his time to get something out to however many people are watching the show that day. I hope that makes sense to you guys. Yep. Uh, all right. Before we go into segment two, I really should use the bathroom. Okay. Sounds good. <laughs> if you put it in, you know, here's the deal. If you put it in chat, we may or may not put it on there depending on how antagonistic it is. But if it's a super chat, you know it's going to be read. I'm not, I'm not telling you you have to pay. I'm just saying, like, uh, I, I am going to be respectful. We were respectful to Mark McKinnon, but we did have a couple of things uh, you know, that we brought up with him when he was on the show. Who else was a game designer that we had on? That we had one other. Oh, Josh Harrison. Josh Harrison, who now does not talk to us. <laughs> he was on, and we had a couple of uh, you know, harder-hitting questions about, hey, you know, why, why did you come up with this? We don't like this idea. And he explained it, and you can actually look at that at uh, on um, episode one hundred on the Legion of Myth weekly live stream. So, okay, that this may or may not come up. It's it's on my back burner questions, but I already knew that Heathen Dog wanted to ask more about the Savage World stuff, so I was going to kind of leave that more to him. Yeah, yeah, Mark, Mark McKinnon, he was a good guy on our show. Look, I don't care what happened on that Discord here. So since, again, this won't be on the actual video, um, somebody pointed out that somebody posted on the Discami RPG uh, Discord that uh, somebody badmouthed Legion of Myth because of some of our views and thoughts and philosophies and so on and so forth. So thank you to that person for making, that, uh, uh, making me aware of that. So I went over there and commented. Now, to be fair to that Discord, that Discord removed both comments, removed my comment and the person's comment that started it all. And I can't say anything but okay they're fair about that that's that's perfectly fine uh we don't remove stuff like that but i'm also not i'm not a business trying to sell a product i'm a business trying to you know build a community around sell being anti-estated what's that yeah around an idea so but that's fine we have screenshots of it still if it ever comes up again but mark mckinnon came i don't know what his politics are you guys might know i don't, I don't. I, yeah we didn't talk about him we didn't talk about politics we talked about the damn game Right. And to be fair, we kind of grilled him on some some of the things like that attributes versus we ability reading, sort of thing. Like, we don't get this seems stupid. And like, but it was all about the game. Yeah. And it he wasn't was about his personal life. It, it, it wasn't about his viewpoint. He didn't he didn't ask yeah. us if 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 you know if Jesus saved us and we didn't ask him if 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 he believes in the dark lord our savior. We didn't care. We wanted to talk about the book, and we did. Yep. And and he was very gracious about that. He still has our even with my ep my part where I kicked Heathen Dog out so I could rant about the thing you know I like to rant about. He has our playlist on his website. I, I, what what is there for me to complain about? I own a bunch of Besom books. Where the hell are they? Yeah, right there. I own a bunch of Besom books. Hey, Heathen Dog, 
It's point-based like Hero System Champions, and it's anime. What are the chances of me running this game? Zero. Absolutely but zero. he was that much of a stand-up guy that I backed his damn Kickstarter after buying best. And, 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 and one other thing. We've had two incidences, one with a bad print, and I forget what the other one was. Um, something happened with an order that he cleared up on a Sunday. This dude, Mark McKinnon from Best It was, like, it was in an hour, right? Yeah, is a businessman, and he gets nothing. I don't care what his politics are. He could hate me politically, but he's been nothing but outstanding. And, you know, guys clip this or something and send it to him. I don't care um, because it's true. So. Uh, build a community around not being a jerk. Well, I mean, part of part of my hot take is that uh, SJWs aren't people. Therefore, you're not really being jerks to things that aren't people. It's an inanimate object. They're NPCs. You can't be a jerk to an NPC. So you take that for whatever you want. <laughs> Outside of that, um, I've been loud, uh, lauded by a couple of people because of my willingness to bring on others during the Friday Night Chill stream. And not so much gatekeepers, but that's that's a different angle. Uh, come on in. JSG was in. Dolly Pop's on. We have a great time with Dolly Pop on, but by the love of God, you get us talking politics. It's crazy different. Um, you know, I am not against a differing, but we just talked a moment ago about we have a, a very big differing point of view. But you know what? We get along great here because we're talking about damn games. If anything, our biggest fight was over degenesis and what, what was the word? There was a word that we've... Uh, something about uh, force or something like that. Uh, the way the skill descriptions were written up. We got, we got a little heated exchange on that one, but uh, that's the only one that I can remember. Anyway, but all told, um, we we enjoy the hobby. We want to talk to people. We don't care about your politics. And that's the big thing is we want you to also keep the politics out of it. Politics and everything. Not like this. Not like it's been in the last couple of years. We're talking about your game. And if, if your game is all about uh, progressing your ideology, then we're not going to have you on here anyway. So there you go. Yeah. So... Okay, um, let's uh, let's go into segment two. I think that's a good interlude. Uh, although now I have to, I drank a ton of water before the stream, and now I think I have to pee. Do you do you want to do you want to keep them regaled with uh, with uh, some sort of dancing or something? Will I? No, uh, no, no. I, I can. Uh, okay, I can do something. Don't worry. All right. Oh, let's see what. Uh, uh, does anyone have any questions, comments, concerns? Uh, let's see. Uh, Kevin, uh, Violent Styles Everything says, uh, I own all the first edition books. Thing is, nearly every time I get someone who has only seen 2E or give 1E Fantasy a try, they switch. Yeah. Yeah. I can say, whoa, we got lots. Oh, this is not. Nope. You. You are a bot. Block. There we go. Bot's gone. There we go. Uh, much easier to get people who have never played a played-in game to play and enjoy Fantasy 1E. Yes, no, I completely understand. I completely get it. Uh, I'm also, I also understand the other side. 2E exists for a reason, to get all of the played-in games on the same level. The idea is that you can jump between games or play one game and then play the same game but in a completely different genre and not have to relearn a new system. I get it. I get it. First edition was was cleaner, definitely. 
It concerns the obvious rising of temperatures in my room. Okay, no, the concern is this giant TV right here. This is an old uh, Philips uh, first or second generation LED TV that's like three, four inches thick. And that thing creates a lot of heat. And this room with this tapestry, this is not a green screen. This is, this is a tapestry you can, you can buy on a store. And uh, it keeps all the heat in this small section of room. The rest of it, I got a lot more room back here. A lot, a lot of room, but uh, yeah, it, it 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 keeps the heat. Hey, that's a good that's a good solid tapestry, isn't? It? Yes, it is. It is it is it is surprisingly soundproofing, and uh, surprisingly insulative. <laughs> And you can get that on the Legion Myth Redbubble store. Do you can find yes, the link can. below? <laughs> All right. And, uh, uh, Mr. Max says, not usually one for modern settings, but this one seems interesting even more so than Call of Cthulhu. Still not sure about the setting. though. Okay, well, hey, you know what? Uh, part of the setting is the people in it. So when we get to the, the player character classes and their their foibles and their, their quirks and their powers... And and how and how the power thing changes. We're gonna get in that next week when we when we talk about psychics and their power levels. We're gonna get into that. There's a whole chart for that. So uh, reserve your judgment until then. Okay. So I don't have a cover for uh, segment two. So let me go do to. Something. Well, I'm gonna do my disclaimer. Okay, go for it. All right, for segment two today, we're going to do something a little different for us. A little, little, little tiny bit different. And that's going to be, we're going to give you a top 10 list. Actually, we're going to give you a top 30 list. Why? Because top 10 lists apparently get people to watch them. Great. <laughs> and now, how this is really going to work is I'm going to just throw up our proclivities on here as I talk about this. How it's really going to work is like this. I've had a couple of these in our rainy day folder for, I think, one of them almost a year. And the other one, I don't know for how long. And one of them I came across this week. And it, uh, it basically, it's a, uh, it's, a, it's a website that probably you're familiar with that likes to do top tens. And nine times out of ten, their top ten lists are so horrible, I can't get through two of them before I just close it down and say, these people are idiots. Or let me say it in more Max L language, what a bunch of fucking retards. Because uh, they are. This website is run by certifiably, you can go check it out. You can Google it somewhere. I'm sure somebody typed it up. Uh, that these people are certifiable retards. And uh, if you were to, and should have actually self aborted. Now, with that said, we're going to go through three different top 10 lists from CBR. I'm so sorry. Here we go. But they're they're gaming related, they're gaming related. Certifiably just... broken retards. Yes, there you go. Hey, I didn't realize that that's what it stood for. <laughs> and here's the first one we're going to talk about. Number ten is the huh. worst. It, it is it is you opening out of the gate with such such ignorance and idiocy. Ten mistakes that still haunt. Ooh, I'm haunted. Dungeons and Dragons, Satan's game. Okay, so it says, what does it say? It says, with its pride of place as core element, oh, what the hell? 
with its pride of place as a core element. Oh, okay, I guess, yeah, that does make sense. Well, the wildly popular Netflix series Stranger Things and a movie coming in 2023, things are currently looking pretty good for Dungeons and Dragons. Virtually synonymous with the hobby of tabletop role-playing games, D&D represents over 50% of the industry all by itself. All right. Fair. It hasn't been all glory, however. The history sure. of Dungeons and Dragons has been full of missteps, such bad, bad people, some uh, of which haunt the game to this day. I'm okay. Are you scared? Are you in your safe space? Did you wrap nope. yourself up in your little dragon claw behind you? No, nope. no. Nope. You know, my, that my, my whole job is to destroy your safe space. <laughs> you do it so well. <laughs> All right, so first one. Early adventures created an adversarial assumption. Now, I know Heathen Dog's got thoughts on this, but I only want to point out one thing. I'm going to read this, yeah. and then I just am going to say this up front, and then it's all Heathen Dog for number 10. Most of these that are mentioned right here, or the, or the concept of the ones we're talking about, were tournament adventures, you dumb fucks. Tournament adventures are inherently adversarial. This isn't commonplace for your typical B2 uh, uh, keep on the borderlands and so forth. That wasn't adversarial at all. But what does it say? It says... Uh, one thing that most people know, quote unquote, know about Dungeons and Dragons, the idea that Dungeons and Dragons, or sorry, the Dungeon Master is pitted against the players. Uh, well, this is not true, especially in the three editions that have been released in the 21st. No, it wasn't yeah. fucking true at TSR. No, nope, nope, keep going. I got okay. this one. Keep okay, going. you're right. You're right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The notion was set forth by the release of the three classic tournament dungeons. See, tournament dungeons right there. Several early adventures were written as tournament games, including the classics White Plume Mountain and Tomb of Horrors. The point was to test the skill and perceptiveness of the players with overtly unfair traps. This, however, created a reputation for the game that still struggles with. Okay, my turn. You're a fucking idiot. Here's why. No one, no one who was born less than 30 years ago has played White Plume Mountain or Tomb of Horrors or any of these original three classic tournament dungeons, okay? Hasn't happened. Doesn't happen. No no one's going to play AD&D, second edition AD&D, or any of the other ones that are outside the 21st century because in, any anything before the year, the year 2000 is what? Historical data for you? is it actually believes in the adversarial dungeon master. The dungeon master was never supposed to be an adversary. The dungeon master supposed to be an arbiter between the player and the world. Choices are made. The arbiter decides how the world responds and challenges are set. Yes. The world has things the players have to do. The dungeon master's job is to make the players cognizant of these challenges to be overcome that's his job that's it whether the players succeed or fail is not the dungeon master's problem it's really not so the whole idea that a dungeon master is an adversary is 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 only perpetuated by people who never played the game or who are you know in their uh mid to late 50s and have only played these three classic tournament dungeons I've had a bunch of people tell me that CBR only makes these lists for clicks. They don't even pay no, attention no, I, to what's, believe, ri what's written in them. There is absolutely no no facsimile of reality in number 10. Nothing. Nothing. Oh, this, is a, this is a good comment. 
even in those games, the dungeons were unfair. The game master, the game had, master to be- had to be fair. Exactly. The game, it, it wasn't adversarial. The, 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 uh, uh, the adventures themselves were made to challenge, not the player, but the, not, not I mean, not, not the character, but the player, which is wrong in anything except a tournament. Shadow and Sun says, who's CBR? Completely brain dead retards. Or certifiably, that's why. Certif- yeah, certifiably. certifiably brain dead return. Yeah. <laughs> so no, number ten is is a non-issue. It doesn't happen anymore, ever. Well, and there, and there are bad DMs out there. Don't get me oh, wrong. Yeah, but there's bad DMs for every game who are like, oh my 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 job is to is to kill the party. No, it's not, man. Or my <laughs> job is to make the party succeed. No, it's not. Your job is to be the arbiter of the world. Your job is to is to make sure that that the world responds to the to the player character's actions as it should that's it i can tell you that in the early 80s or sorry the, the late 80s early 90s i could become adversarial to groups absolutely sometimes i didn't like what was going on and i just said screw it where you know what screw these guys guys i'm going home but that was on me not the game yeah so, yeah it's, it's right. not how the game is made it's it's just a, a game master having a bad day or is just a bad game master. So let, let's go to number nine because oh, you, this is the one this love, is the one that made me love, angry. Yeah, you love this one. This is the one that that pissed you off the most, I'm sure. Thacko was bizarre, but less so than what came before. Okay, I'm gonna read this before I go off. Okay. The Thacko statistic that first appeared in Advanced Dungeons Dragons was an effort to give players more agency in the game. The fuck does that? That has nothing to do with agency, you... The problem uh, the problem was that being a statistic that required subtraction... Oh, no. It was, an, it was extra mental steps in a game that was already difficult. <laughs> All things told, Thacko was not the worst mistake D&D ever made, but making it did result in the game being harder to adjudicate. Not at all. Harder to run. Not at all. And harder to understand not at all and this problem had knock-on effects months and years down the line as video games became more prominent as form of entertainment i seriously think an ai does write this stuff because none of this word salad makes any fucking yeah. sense you want to go first on this one so i can so i can kate uh, tremaine. that's what i want to know what's that how old is kate tremaine she's a british novelist look at her she's so uh so thacko's statistic was uh, first appeared in advanced dungeons dragons right to give more aid has nothing to do with agency. The all it was there to do was to simplify the combat matrix from first edition. Because in first edition, you could have a Thacko or what would we'd now call, call a Thacko of twenty six. You know, it's just that there there were these weird numbers out there. There's no look. That's like saying having a chart in a game is a bad thing. Fuck you. If you can't refer to a chart, the step chart from Earth Dawn, for example, we refer to that thing all the time. It doesn't inherently slow down the game. Uh, it, there's nothing wrong with Thacko, but Thacko is a product of its time also. It is an evolution. I have said this a million times. I'll say it a million and one now. Thacko in and of itself, is is it more intuitive to have ascending armor class, which negates Thacko? Yes. However, so when somebody says to me, well, I want ascending armor class, it's just more intuitive, Let, Let's and leaves it that, whatever, fine, let's fine. go on. And that's that's fine. That's a completely valid viewpoint. But when you say that Thacko is stupid, Thacko is hard, then I say you're a fucking retard. 
And if you actually fucking thought that second grade math, first grade math was difficult in your game, I have a video on it. You, you can fix your Thacko problems. Yeah. Uh, there, there's, I don't know what to tell you. You're too stupid to play this game and we should gatekeep you from it. Yeah. And uh, actually, uh, Crafty, is in here uh common core math see uh, he, he and i both both have kids his, his his kids have gone through the school system a little longer than mine have but uh i i i have more recently been introduced to the beginning of the common core math system and i have come to the conclusion through all the evidence speaking to the teachers and seeing the homework that uh common core is made to make children be useless for longer I have a question for you about Common Core, and I'm sidetracking okay. on purpose. So uh, when I was in Germany, one of the guys there actually pulled his kids, not for this one reason, but this is one of the reasons that on there, because the way that they were his daughters were taught to do math was weird to him. So if you took like 4,690 minus 380, and I'm going to forget those numbers, you had to take 4,000 minus like 300 where the fuck it was then 300 minus three or whatever the hell it was doing yeah, some things out of order yeah yeah, yeah I, and, I see and you could not do it the right way okay like, I, I see I, I see what you're getting at and i i understand here's the reasoning behind that see the way we were taught we were taught by memorization by rote you learned your multiplication tables you memorized you know plus and minus up to 10 or 20 by heart and did, did you learn how numbers work? No. Did you learn? Yeah, yeah how, I did. Well, hang on, hang on. You, you weren't you weren't taught how numbers work. You you weren't you weren't taught to play around with them. So so you so so you could become intuitive with them, estimate better, stuff like that. So so but, I've got I've got to argue that only because I went to Lutheran school and we but, were taught differently. <laughs> but you were immediately useful in society. You were immediately useful. You memorized what eight times seven was. You knew that. You memorized what three plus two, nine plus eight, seven plus four. You were immediately useful. Now, do you know how numbers work just by memorizing tables and, 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 and memorizing answers? No, you don't. That came with experience. That came with actually using the numbers every day. And then you learned how to play with them, how to play around with numbers, how to make shortcuts, how to do that stuff. That's how we were taught to be useful first, understand, under, understand all of the concepts later. So, so I can tell you one, one caveat to that though, at least in okay, my school, well, it's, it's, it's completely irrelevant to, to what my next topic is, which is common core reverses that common core has you learn how to break down numbers, see them in a different way and manipulate them first. It takes away being useful as the most important thing. Learn, learning, the, the idea is to learn how to manipulate the numbers, to, to break them down, put them back together in many different ways, because each way is correct. As long as you get the right answer. See, that was the problem that he ran into. He wasn't, he wasn't, his daughters were not allowed to do that. You're only they allowed to do, do it this way and only yes. that way. Yes. Okay. Then that, 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 that is a, that is a particular school system problem. Okay. But, and, and so that, that's what I was trying to get out with yeah, that is that yeah, when he that, was like, that, we do it like this and this how you subtract, carry the one, blah, blah, blah. They said, no, we don't do that here. We don't teach that here. And my, my thing was when I went to Lutheran school, it didn't matter how you got the answer. As long as hey, you showed your work, your work was correct. You did have to show it. Uh, you showed right your work, work was good. And you got the right answer. Didn't matter after that. No. 
There is a hundred ways to do a math problem to get the same answer. Yep. A hundred ways. Well, up to, up to a hundred thousand million, whatever. <laughs> as, as long as, as long as you show your process and get the right answer, no one should care. Right. Now, common core kind of is supposed to be based off of that is supposed to be you're supposed to learn how to manipulate the numbers you're supposed to learn how to how the how the the myriad of ways to come up with the right answer exist the problem is it takes years for you to get useful because they don't do the rote they don't do the the memorization of the tables they don't do any of that so for years if you ask it like with my with 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 my with my son when in between first and second grade i made him memorize multiplication tables between 1 and 10 i made him memorize uh sing, single digit addition and, and subtraction numbers up to 20 i made him memorize this because i wanted him to be immediately useful they thought he was a genius they wanted to move him up in grade until i told them what i did then they were all mad at me <laughs> that's funny it's uh, weird. It was, it was, it was the weirdest, the weirdest situation I've ever been in, in a principal's office. Freaking weird. But if you ask a 10 year old, what's five plus four plus seven, not a single one of them is going to be able to say 16. My son will, because he memorized what five plus four is and he memorized what nine plus seven is. So he can immediately give you an answer. These kids have to play around with the numbers for five minutes to get the answer. Now, is that good or bad? It depends on where you're coming from. If you want your children to be immediately useful and be able to do math right away, memorization is the way to go. If you want them years down the road to be able to do more complex math in their head, after years of finding different ways to get to the right answer, that is the end result. But the thing is, years down the road, if you start with memorization and you practice it, you get the idea of massaging and, and taking apart, putting back together numbers just by doing it for years. So there's no reason to change except to change. It's stupid. I don't it mind actually, it as an it's option. It's worse than what came before. I, I, don't, I don't mind it as an option. And this, is, this was my hangup is the fact that, again, when I went to grade school, yes, we were taught the traditional way or our traditional way of taking the number again, carrying the one. The yes, we did have multiplication tables. Absolutely. We did we did little Sudoku boxes or whatever the hell they were to fill in the blanks, you know, et cetera, et cetera, right? Um, but we were taught the process, the process of math, because math is math is a process. But ultimately, if you had a parent that taught your kid how to do math a certain way, and my parents, so let's just use an example. When I was taught math by the book. When you did division and you did the little subtraction nonsense underneath, yeah. I was taught by my mom to put an X. The class taught you to put an O. Okay. Doesn't really matter. No. When I when no. I did the first it's a X, symbol, it's right? A, that's all this. It's a symbol. When I did the first X, my my teacher came up to me and was like, "What are you doing? This isn't how we taught it in class." And when I explained to her, I said, "Oh, sorry, my mom taught me how to do this." And she's like, "Oh, okay, no. If it works for you and you get the right answer." That's all it is. I don't care if you do that Japanese cross-hatching bullshit that gets you to the right number, which is freaky, dude. That's some weird magic science crap going on there. But they have this it's weird cross-hatching. It's all abacus nonsense. With that. Yeah, right? <laughs> if it gets you to the right answer and you can show it consistently, then do it. 
then it's this right. whole this whole idea and violence solves everything put it up here apparently there this is the specific nomenclature where math 180 that that was uh, again this guy. He ended up pulling his daughters out of school again, not just because this one issue. There are a few things going on, but that was one of it. Because when he taught his daughters to do math and they did it in school, they're pretty much told you must relearn this. So he's like, I'm out. But it's, anyhow, yes, I derailed the show. Not really. We were talking about this when it came to Thacko. So yeah, uh, yeah, he, he he made it go by. Yeah, though the whole Thacko thing. If if you if if the addition. This is funny. If if the addition of the of subtraction <laughs> derails your entire game experience, you're retarded. And you don't deserve to be at the same table as me. You don't deserve to breathe the same air as I do. You should be in the sewer with all the other mongoloids. <laughs> right? The meek shall inherit the earth. Well, you're really meek. No, um, no you're, you're gonna you're gonna inherit the under the under earth. <laughs> uh got Futurama references coming to uh, all right, so Gary Gygax's ousters severed the game from its roots. Okay, well, let's see. Let's see. Again, right off the bat, the title isn't bad, right? Mm -hmm. In October 1985, the TSR Board of Directors, headed by Gary Gygax's former friends, Brian and Kevin Bloom, don't forget about Lorraine Williams, uh, fired him as president and CEO of the company, accepting a rhetorical offer of resignation from Gygax over copyright control. The Blooms proceeded to freeze Gygax out. Yes, that's... Okay, well documented. While Gygax's requests were unreasonable, removing him from the company effectively took TSR away from its hobby roots. The decisions made in 1985 and 86 entrust the company to an established entertainment family in the dial. Yeah, so anybody who watches Transformers like I do know that uh, Flint uh, Dill, D Dials, whatever the hell his name, wrote a lot of the, good, the best episodes for Transformers. Well, it was his, was his daughter or something like that that uh, ended up taking over for, uh, for TSR. Uh, led the company end a decade later. It's a very obtuse statement, so I can't count yeah, it. it it's, it's causal problems in there. I mean, they're okay. Uh, taking away G G Gary Gygax caused this to 10 years later for, for the company to, to, to stop existing. How do you prove that? Right. Yeah. I mean, come on. No, I mean, no, there's a whole lot of decisions between then between those two points in time yeah you know getting rid of a ceo alone has never killed a company so i uh when it when it comes to when it comes to taking over i'm an ip purist right uh, everybody knows this and what i'm yeah. about to say is not legal advice and it is not even technically correct it's just how i feel yes i'm going give me some feelings right now absolutely true that uh, when you remove the person from, so let's put it, let's say that Gygax's requests are unreasonable. Let's say that for whatever reason, Legion of Myth grows big and I have multiple actual employees and, and I've got vice presidents and management, so on and so forth. And he, the dog does a takeover. I yep. promise you this, I will burn the company to the ground and force him to take a different name. I don't care if it bankrupts me. I don't care if it puts me on, on, uh, <laughs> if he decides he wants to set up a union, I will literally sell the company and just rebuild it with a new name. And that's one of the things I feel that when a company is taken over, if it's it, that it should get a new name when it's, when it's a founding company like Ford, I get it again. Well, then you wouldn't have Ford trucks today, but this isn't Henry Ford's. Uh, this certainly isn't Disney. 
It certainly isn't Walt Disney's creation anymore. I know. Again, I'm talking from feelings. I'm not talking from facts or business. But right now, that's so I think that they should have taken on different names. One of the reasons why I respect Wizards of the Coast for at least keeping that name, but they should have changed the name of Dungeons Dragons to Wizards of the Coast Fantasy Role Playing. I probably yeah. would not have any heartburn over it if they had nope. done that. But uh, the thing is, uh, in the the lack of information in number eight means that there is absolutely no weight to any of these statements, because you, you say that that uh, that that uh, Gygax was being unreasonable. Why? No, 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 even anecdotal ideas on why that is. And then the the, the decisions made after he was gone con directly contributed to the company's end a decade later, and there's no evidence to back that up none number eight doesn't exist in any factual way it's it's just <laughs> it's just a whole, whole bunch of things that happened and with no reasons why and then just says it's bad now There's absolutely no reason why number seven is the watsi talking point yeah this is what this was a watsi playtest issue or design issue when third edition came out too many campaign settings diluted the brand all right let's see how nonsensical this is Three campaign settings. Oh, no, three. But let's see what it says. Uh, three campaign settings form the core and foundation of Dungeons & Dragons, two of which came out in the 1980s, Dragonlance and Forgotten Realms. Which one's missing? Ravenloft? Nope. The most important one, even though it's the one we play the least. Greyhawk. Right. Oh, that's later on. That's, later, that's in the next paragraph. The third Eberron, which is which is Earth Dawn. Eberron is a ripoff of Earth Dawn. Stop acting like it's its own thing. Was released in the mid 2000s. In the 1980s and early 1990s, however, there are no fewer than six at any given time. The lineup in 1992 consists of Greyhawk, Dragonlance, Forgotten Realms, Alcadim, Dark Sun, Spelljammer, Ravenloft, Hollow World, which is very rarely talked about, and Thunder Rift, yeah. which I've got to be honest, I'd never heard of before. When I hear Thunder Rift, I think of the, the well, second technically, but the first Battletech novel uh, trilogy. So, um, players grew wary with that many worlds to set a campaign and no, they did not. This is each with its own extensive line of supplements. No. So Watsy, the problem that Watsy had, Watsy didn't like the fact that people didn't say, I play Dungeons and Dragons. People using this list here, people said, I play Alcadim. People say, I play Dark Sun. People said, I play Greyhawk. Nobody said, yeah, I play Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, plus uh, this this number seven is factually incorrect. Uh, Ravenloft came out in 1982 that, or 1983. Well, that wasn't as a setting, though. That was as, a, as an adventure module. Oh, okay. Uh, it, uh, uh, I actually have that one, yeah. Um, but as a setting, it, I, it, well, well, as of 92, I actually think it did came, come out before 92. I think it came out in like 1989 or 90. It was pretty it was a lot earlier than I remembered. I looked it up a few months ago. I was like, whoa, that was earlier than I remembered. But anyway, the other thing is this. What makes Dungeons and Dragons great are these campaign settings. Yes. One of the things I just so love about Dragonlance, read the novels or don't read the novels, is I love how the, the, the play on the knights slash paladins. It is the best Dungeons and Dragons rendition of knights in a fantasy setting that, uh, to, to, for my taste. You've got the yep. paladins, which is the middle. If I remember correctly, it's the middle yeah. the, group the, the of the knights. Yeah, because uh, you had the the crown, the the sword, or the sword, the crown, and the rose. Sword, the crown, and the rose. Uh, the three different orders. Loved it. I loved the fact that spellcasters were somewhat limited, but it wasn't a high magic world. But you know what they were? In reality, they were really clerics that just didn't realize they were clerics. <laughs> yeah, it was it was funny. Uh, and Ravenloft completely new 
new new uh take on on dungeons and dragons up until that point you know it's it now it's become a psychological horror and not just a you know kill the monster of the week type thing i like that uh now dark sun i hated alkadim excellent uh, excellent uh world building and 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 so some of the some of the classes were a little weird the gull lord and the uh but but i want to uh the the dark sun thing here's what i want to say about that though what is this so we don't go too far off. Um, I hated Dark Sun when it came out. I still don't like psionics in D&D. I still don't like starting at third level. I gaxed it. I don't care. I don't like it. Why, why have it third level then to call it first level? You know? uh, I, do, I, I generally don't like preservers and defilers. Mm. But you know what I do like about it? I like that it's its own setting with its own thing and still uses D&D as the core rules. Yeah. And the last sentence really pisses me off. Players grew weary with that many worlds to set a campaign in, each with its own extensive line of supplements. Stop it. You weren't supposed to do that. Stop it. You were you're not supposed to buy every goddamn book. You you only needed one book to play Dragonlance. This goddamn book. Oh, you're, you and and just so you know, we're second edition players, and he's pulling out a yeah. first edition book. I'm pulling out a first. This is the only book you needed. You don't even need. Well, you do need the, pl- need you need player's the player's handbook. You do. Yeah, you do. You, you can get around it. Seriously, <laughs> you can get around it. I mean, there are characters in that book, so you can just use the characters in that book. Yeah, yeah. you use the characters in this book. You don't need a player's handbook, and it, it tells you how to make a character, what the character does, all the rules. They're all right here. You only need this book. That's it. You got the whole world. And everything you need to play in it. And I am I am absolutely certain that the same thing can be said for Dark Sun, Al-Kadim, uh, Ravenloft was a box set, I believe. When it yeah, first started came off out. as that, yeah, but I got like a million Ravenloft set. source books, yeah. Yeah, so you, you you buy the box set, it comes with three soft cover books, and you you got, that's it. It's all you really need. It's all you need. I didn't know what Hollow World was. What, everything else is what you want what you want to do. You want more content. You want this. So they made it for you. Do you have to buy it? No. No one's forcing you to but spend that's, your But that's money. the thing. That's what Watsy wanted. Watsy wanted you to buy all the product, and the only way you could do that is by homogenizing it. Exactly. And, and that's a problem, not this. But the thing is, later on, she contradicts herself later on. So we're Right, gonna, right. You know, well, we're, it's we're not... Now, so we've done four, right? Now, how many of these, in your opinion? Oh, let's do one more. Let's get to the halfway point first. Just, but answer. Get ready to answer this question out there in chat and and later on in the comments. Um, how many of these really haunt Dungeons and Dragons? TSR grew litigious as its situation grew worse. That's common for a lot of companies. Yes, the final years of TSR. Let me read over here. The final years of TSR stretched in, uh, stretched into the early years of the internet. And that was the point where the company's reputation truly collapsed. Fans were angry with TSR to the point of open hostility. Nick, Nick, oh my God. Nicknames like too many supplements required and they sue regularly were commonly used. I don't know much about the second one. I got to be honest with you. I don't know much about the litigiousness of the second one. What I do know is the too many supplements required. No. And, and here's, here's something that people have heard me say. I'm not going to say it in a segment two. I don't know if I've ever done that. I've done it in the chill stream before. I have recently come to take a less positive take on second edition. My favorite edition of D&D, second edition. Because more and more, I see the roots of 5e in second edition. And it is uh, nicknames like too many supplements required. But I'm going to tell you right now, that is a bad game master. 
I have, you can see them behind me. I have the handbooks, the dwarf's handbook, the, the humanoids handbook, the, the, uh, the, the book of rogues and or thieves and, and so on and so forth. I have those handbooks, but for some reason, dungeon masters don't say no. We did much more back then than they do now, but didn't say no. I want to play a Wemmick. No, but I want to play a Wemmick. It's written in a book. No, there you go. So I don't understand why these supplements are required. That's just you buying into the completionist and to the splat, which to be fair, I did. Now, uh, I, I will say that, uh, that second edition screwed up the monster manuals in, in the, in, in the, in first edition, you had monster manual one, monster manual two, and that was basically it. Right. But in, in second edition, you had the, you had the, uh, monster manuals that came in, in, in little, little, uh, snippets of alphabets, you know, a through D, you know, E through J, you know, you, you I like buy, the compendiums. It's just, it should have been on one side of a piece of paper. Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it, it was, it was, it was a, 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 a money grab at that point. Should, shouldn't have, shouldn't have existed. It should have existed just like the, the first edition AD and D monster manual one and monster manual two. It should have existed that way. And you didn't need two. Two was just extra, extra cool stuff. One was fine. If you just had the one, you were okay. Two had a lot of supernatural nonsense, like planar demons and stuff like that, angels and aismans and all that other junk. They had all that junk in there, but one was your was your creatures, uh, your plant, your your prime material playing creatures, and that's all you needed. Boom, there you go. Best comment of the day, right there, heathen dog. Best comment of the day. I yeah. left D and D when I found Earth done. I'm gonna cry. <laughs> Beautiful. Just, just don't say fourth edition. You'll, you'll those tears will suck back into his head. I'll cry for different reasons. <laughs> uh, no, I, my, my issue with this is the fact that somebody didn't understand what settings were supposed to be. Settings were yeah. self-contained. It's like riffs. You, you, you know what? I'm gonna let you do this because explain settings here, but use your riffs analogy of each one okay. being its own. Here we go. Uh, in 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 riffs, you have you have uh, different source books for different sections of the world. North America has many sections or South America, Africa, Europe, China, Japan, all of this. They were not meant to be played concurrently. They were not even really meant to be played consecutively. They're meant to be played, finished. And if your play group still wants to play riffs, but a different place, then you buy another book and then you play in another area of the world, starting over with new characters. That's exactly what this D&D idea was in the 80s and 90s. You had these settings to choose from. You had to buy the player's handbook and the dungeon master's guide and one or two other books. And then you play in this setting. Spelljammer screwed everyone over here, people. Spelljammer <laughs> is the worst. Spelljammer linked everything together. Stop it, Spelljammer. You suck. Except for Athos. Dark Sun, it said you cannot reach Dark Sun from... Yes, you, you, you cannot reach Dark Sun. They actually insulated that. But you technically, you're not supposed to be able to reach Dragonlance either, but whatever. But uh, you you play in that world. You don't hop into other worlds. You don't graduate to another, another prime material plane. You're not supposed to do that. They're supposed to be singular, insular, play the whole campaign here, and stop. If your players like that campaign, start again at first level using different characters in a different area of Ancelon or whatever, or, or, or Al-Kadim or whatever, and then start again. Or get another book or two maximum and start in a whole new world. 
but with the same system you're used to. That was the allure. That what it was what it was supposed to be. Watsy hated it because they wanted to sell all their books to everyone. That's the, the problem. The Manual of the Planes was superior in every way to Planescape. And and I say I, that I don't know about every way, but nine out of ten, yeah. Okay. Well, the reason I say that is it gave you just enough information to then allow you to let the brain juices flow. It wasn't meant yeah. to be a step-by-step -step no. guide like Planescape exactly was. Right. Um yeah. But it did an amazing job of giving you enough. And this is another first edition book that I think did better than second edition. Yeah. It's one of my favorite first edition books. Manual of the Planes gave you a blueprint yeah. of the other planes besides the prime material and then allowed you to flesh them out. Planescape but, turned into a cartoon. Yeah, exactly. But your characters could not reach these planes of existence without being higher level. You had time to flesh them out. You had time because they had to get to at least double digit levels to survive the plane of fire or the plane of water or the plane of earth. They're just going to die. You're getting some oh, hate I here. I want to go to the negative material plane. Give me your character sheet. What, what level are you? I'm level five. Give me your character sheet. I'm going to put two comments Why? up here. You just died. These are for you. There's first of all, uh, that's about riffs. Just starting to having to start new characters. Hold on. Heathen dogs. Please stop misleading people about riffs. You're wrong. Just please stop, please. Okay. I don't know what part you're wrong I'm about. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but if if you want the real Rifts experience, you're not supposed to 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 run the the uh, source books, uh, con consecutively with the same characters. You're not supposed to, because uh, they they are they are balanced within themselves, but not with each other. And this part, I agree with Heathen Dog, based on many many comments that I've received from people and people who played in our Rifts games. That came out and said, well, why would I take anything out of this book when I can take it out of this other book instead? My character yeah. is from here. Well, all of a sudden you got the juicer uprising. You've got weird glitter boys from different other lands that are damn near invulnerable. You've got, yeah. I mean, the, the power creep and scope creep is just so Where, where does it say that? No, no, it, it doesn't say that anywhere. It doesn't have to go around. This, this, is, this is my opinion of, you know, 30 years of playing Palladium. This is what I've done. I've I have played in many of the different settings, and I can tell you from experience that if you take characters, equipment, spells, magical items from one setting and take them to another, it will break it. You'll either be stronger or weaker than the setting you're going to. You're either going to be OP or you're going to be nerfed. Players <laughs> don't like that. You don't see I, what the I, name I, of I, this I is a segment's about. It's an opinion, and, but it's this based is segment two. It's comment. Look, commentary, and it's, it's commentary. and it's based on facts, based on experience, based it's on years based of on play. experience, and <laughs> freaking numbers. I'm actually basing this on numbers. If uh, the Japanese sort, oh, there you go. Yeah, there it is. Information yeah. you need to hear, not what you want to hear. We're not an echo chamber for the idiots who permeate this hobby. Don't be one of them. <laughs> Yeah. And if you don't like a commentary, the, tell us why. Yeah. The the Rift's Japanese source book has so <laughs> many Glitter Boy variants. If you brought one of those to the core Rift's game in 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 uh in the the Midwest, you would completely dominate. Absolutely dominate everything on the field. Oh, well he apparently he can handle everything. You can handle everything. Well, I am so glad that that your shoulders are so brawn and so broad. 
that they, they can handle anything that comes their way. Good job. But for the majority of people who are who have human stature, it is more trouble than it's worth trying to balance things that weren't meant to be balanced together. So, well, how about this? Maybe we add that to the question list we bring up because apparently yeah, they, okay. they think that well, Kevin well, thinks we, that you're, you're I will, wrong. I will ask that to Kevin when he comes on. What do you think about <laughs> about jumping from one one source book area to another source book area with existing characters? And why do you think that? I'll ask him. What the f is a glitter boy? <laughs> All right, Pedro. Sorry, man. No, he might not. No, he might not know what uh, what riffs is. Uh, okay, yeah, you don't know what riffs is. That's fine. That's fine. It's it's just a dude in body armor. It's called Glitter Boy because they have a blade of armor which reflects lasers, so it glints so in the it's sun. Glittery in the light. Yeah, that, it, that, that, that's it's it's a it's a it's a giant mech. Well, no, it's it's a it's a ten to fifteen foot mech. What part of this aren't you has... getting? What part of this seriously, Shadow and Sun? What part of this aren't you getting? He wants you to buy all the books, play them separately. When you end one riffs campaign, you go into a new riffs campaign. Yes. It's there. It's built for you. It, it's actually it's actually a better business model because you may not have burst growth by people buying all your books at once, but you have years of constant sustainable revenue with people buying one source book and then uh, the list of supplements for that and then going to another source book with the world book in Riff's case with the list of supplements to that. It's, it's long-term sustainable sales. It's a better business model. Now this that, is a really that, good point. Again, again, that's just my opinion. But hey, we'll ask Kevin. Uh, th this is a good point. We played this uh, game with all source books being available, and yeah, it was unbalanced. But we didn't care, and that's perfectly fine. Hey, that's perfectly fine. That's perfectly fine. If if your group can handle it, and you as a game master can juggle it, more so, power to you. So NS Taki and Shadow saying, Sun, you guys are are better game masters. Well, I don't run riffs anyway. Then better game yeah, master but, than Heathen Dog. Yeah, there you go then I, I bow to you because I do not have the time to to balance systems that weren't supposed to be balanced together. I don't have that kind of time. See, again, you, the way you're typing this up, maybe when you say it out loud, it's differently, but the way you're typing this up is making you sound pretty ignorant, dude. Because yeah, the DMK really, is not about not... In fact, you handle the new book by using all the stuff in that book in that proper setting. Just because yeah. somebody makes a splat book doesn't mean it's inherently, oh, we got to use it all. Jap no, Japan, no. if I remember correctly, Rift Japan has fucking time travel in it. Yeah, the, the whole the whole thing is uh, it's it's humanity from the golden age, 200 and some years ago, plopped into now. So they have the highest level of technology just below warp drive is, is the level of technology they have. Completely dwarfs that of the coalition. Completely dwarfs that of, of NGR or anything like that. Technology-wise, they are just leaps and bounds ahead. If, if you moved technology like like a mechs or or planes or jets or guns even over to the over to North America, the Japanese would dominate, absolutely dominate. You would have to tone that down. You would have to tone that down or bring up the level of technology in North America to match, or else your players are going to dominate the whole continent. Do I want to deal with that? No. If do you want to? Okay. Yeah. Again, this is. <laughs> I I know Shadow and Sun well enough to know that uh, that he likes a high powered game. I mean, he's got like D and D characters. I think he said they were like level two hundred or something like that. Um, if you want, again, if you like that, if you if you want the bigger, more grandest, you want to play Dragon Ball Z, the non anime, go for it. 
This guy you does can't. not. No, <laughs> neither do I. Uh, all right, DD third is third editions. Okay, hey, so you, now you said you wanted to get to the halfway point and do something. I forget. Yeah, what it was. Well, well, I forgot. I wanted people to put in comment which of, which of those first five haunted D and D the most. Yes. Uh, not argue with Heathen Dog about riffs, even though I agree with Heathen Dog on that riffs. So, uh, like, subscribe, share. <laughs> there we go. Uh, okay. You guys really take this shit the wrong yeah, way. You really got this riffs thing. You, you guys, you guys really. When we, when we get to riffs, man, it's gonna be weird. Yeah. You're, you're gonna turn on me like like a I, bunch I, of so rabid here, dogs. Let, let me give you the example that actually happened to us. It was in when Bob was running riffs. Bob made the mistake of allowing everything in the game. And we had two people. I played a character out of the core core rulebook. I played a Borg, like normal, uh, out of the core rulebook. Um, I think Sherris played his little paladin or whatever it was. No, that, that was that Cyber was a played in fantasy game. Um, I forget. Uh, the, but Cyber the one to worry about was our crazy, which came from a different source book, which gave him two extra attacks per round at level one. Yeah, the only thing the only thing better better than a than a, than a crazy in hand to hand combat is a juicer. That's it. And and not in this case. Now Bob ended up taking it away from him after the fact, but it's because the rest of us were useless. I'm a combat Borg. This guy could combat better than me. <laughs> Couldn't hit him with his damn auto dodge. And we even after he had his extra attacks taken away, he still had one more attack than me. We ran this fight multiple times because always elemental Isor, elemental Isor, because my character's name was the elemental for the Borg, and his character's name was Isor. Um, because he drew eyeballs and everything. And he always won the fights because he could auto-dodge my shit. And he always had one extra attack around. One extra attack to me that, that I can do crap about. So now, was it balanced? No, it wasn't meant to be balanced. But if you think that taking something from uh I don't know, I don't know the worlds like you do, but Mystic Russia makes sense to bring into your uh, South American vampire game. I don't care. Do it. It's your game, your business, your table. Have fun with it. Just just know that it's not supposed to be there and it's not written for that. Because it's they they weren't they weren't balanced cross book. I'm sorry. I know crazy's crazy are in the core book. book. Yeah. But the, okay. the go look at the juicer uprising book and tell me that those things are comparable to the juicers yeah, in the in yeah, the main yeah. book. If, if 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 you get one of the Phaeton juicers or Titan juicers or Mega juicer and put it into a game that has only core book characters, you're in trouble. Now the thing is, the thing is, these are all uh, dated supplements of of the of the core world, but they are supposed to be later in the timeline. You're not supposed to have just core characters with a mega juicer in the mix because the mega juicer is going to dominate for the three or four years he's going to live. It's like any juicer, but he's going to dominate even more because now he's in, he's a supernatural creature. It's going to be crazy, but you introduce these things down the timeline, down the time stream. Okay. Cause you have to, you it's, it's best to follow the timeline of the whole thing. Da, 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 da. If you don't do it that way, you're going to have balance issues that you as a game master have to resolve. If you don't resolve them, the players will quickly be tired of the game because they're either getting owned or they're owning everything. This, this is a good comment that I'm going to counter, though. At your table, you're probably right. I always see game masters make some sort of nonsense thing like, oh, I got, I got those, little, uh, those little breast pumps for, for my dragon. 
So I, I have an unlimited supply of stuff. What, whatever it happens to be. Uh, again, we we were talking on uh, on our Discord about uh, the guy who played the the Drow in our Dragonlance games. Always had some sort of mask or something that prevented the sun from hitting him. This requires a game master to actually follow the rules of the game. If they do it, I'm more inclined to agree. I absolutely am. Like, what, what is? Uh, what didn't the life expectancy change in Juicer Uprising for like that super powerful Juicer? Like the life expectancy was even half a normal. Like it was five years and two years or something like that. Well, um, uh, normal normal Juicers are four, five, six years. Well, it's, it's max, up to I ten. Think, yeah, but... you have to roll, but at, at around ten years, you're done. You're like you. Oh can't no, no, you, it's it's it's, it's it's much earlier than that. It's much earlier than that. But okay. uh, mega mega juicers, the ones who had their PPE infused in their body, and then then the chemicals, they were like three four years tops, like tops. But they were OP, yeah. super OP. I, I never I never got juicer. the I never got the juicer uprising book, but uh, I had people talk to me about it years ago, and everybody was clamoring like, "Oh my god, I got to use all this stuff!" And that's when I started hearing people say, "No, I don't allow juicer uprising in my book, except for NPCs." I'm like, yeah, that's, that's that's fair. So, all right, let's uh, let's go back on here. We got derailed. We might not get through the other two checklists today. Actually, we're not going to get no, through the other fine. two checklists. That's today. fine. They will go back into the bin of rainy day. There so, uh, third edition's grapple rules were legendarily awful. I have heard a lot about this, but I don't ever remember trying to grapple in third edition, and I didn't like the first or second edition grapple rules. I never rules played either. third edition. Really? Oh, I played a lot of third. I'm surprised I by didn't. that. Um, so Dungeons and Dragons third edition released in 2000 saved the game no no it's wow. not the same game it didn't save the game it created a new game with the same it's words new, on it it's a completely different game yeah it's yeah. a completely different game pruning uh, pruning the game family into a single system with just two campaign settings Greyhawk and Forgotten Realms third edition won back fans embittered from a decade of bad business decisions uh, mm. I don't know second edition was everything I ran into when we played so <laughs> anyway good as it was and it wasn't uh, all was not well with third edition. In a misguided effort to provide realism in a fantasy game, a system to simulate wrestling was shoehorned into the game. I, I gotta be fair, I don't remember what they are. Grappling was no consistently avoided by the players and GMs alike, and through subsequent editions, fixing grappling was a metaphor for correcting inadvertent problems with the system. I, I just don't know what it is. Like that's the thing. Now I know in second edition you rolled the D20 and you just took whatever you had, you know, added your modifiers if you had one on there, you just took what came on the list. You did a haymaker. Now, I know some modern people cry about that. Like, come on, what if I said I was diving for his legs? You're missing the point. You roll the dice first, and then you describe what you did. It said you did a haymaker, and you hit for three points of damage and a 10% chance to knock out. So explain that. Okay, I rock up. You know, he's trying to go at me. I die, and I bam, and I knock him. Give him a nice uppercut there. Boom. Okay, well, actually, uppercut's a different one. But you get what I'm saying. Haymaker would be. But but you get you get what I'm saying there. Like you weren't supposed to describe everything beforehand. That's not the game wasn't played that yeah. way then. We did that. But I'm because saying not you you can't describe something that hasn't happened yet until you roll the die. You don't know what happened. You can't describe it. That's the problem. Death ball could be fun game to play as a juicer. <laughs> I, I I don't have much more to say about this. Uh, this is another one I don't agree with, but I'd like to see what chat has to say about this. The release of 3.5 split the fan base. Here's why I don't agree with this, even before I read what's coming next. I don't know anybody that's stuck with 3.0. Literally, I don't know. Now, there are some offshoots like Sword and Wizardry, uh, or Sword and Wizardry, whatever the hell it's called, Sword and Wizardry, I think. Uh, the Warcraft game. Uh, some, some other ones that people stuck with, but 
my I don't know anybody in any of the groups that I played with that stuck with 3-0. Everywhere I went, people played 3-5. And that's all over the world. But with that said, maybe your your experience varies. Um, just three years past the release of D&D 3rd Edition, Wizards of the Coast abruptly announced and released an expanded edition of 3rd, which is promptly nicknamed 3.5 by the fan community. Yeah, well... 3.5 was launched with an expanded and improved edition of the core rulebooks in late 2003. Mostly, it, it toned down a lot of the bonuses and fixed fixed a yeah. ranger and psionic class, if I remember correctly. Or is the psionic? No, psionic was in a different book. Uh, anyway, while many fans rejoiced at this annou- announcement, some were annoyed by the th- those three years of books had been instantly obsoleted. Not really. They had a, they had an errata. They had something that you could uh, look at to fix them. Though 3.5 went on for another half decade and enjoyed sustained success. A lot of people still play it to this day. The rapid reiteration of the game left a sour taste in many players' mouths. Again, I never ran across that a single time, not till fourth edition. So, and 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 in a lot of the of the other D twenty non Dungeons and Dragons D twenty games, like second edition Star Wars and many others that I've played, were based on three five rules. I've never played D and D three five. I've played D twenty three point five games and enjoyed them. But I've never played D and D three five or three. Yeah, so um, so let's see if there's anything in there about the about this. Yeah, I mean, I'm our chat's got kind of the same uh, same idea as as us on this. Now, again, it's anecdotal evidence. Even when I say oh, I played all over the world, which I have, it's still anecdotal. I still only had yeah. what total of six, seven different uh, static groups, and then yeah, I, I I didn't go to the last Gen Con. Well, nobody. I didn't go to the last Gen Con because it was virtual, but uh, yeah, the, the, the last Gen Con I went to, I didn't take a poll of all of the, all of the game masters who were running games. Yeah. So I don't have any, any evidence or anything like that. I have my experience and he has well, his that's evidence. It's anecdotal evidence, but it's, it's anecdotal, evidence. you know, so it's there, but in, in this list, there isn't even any anecdotal experience. There's just, there's just uh, something that happened and then conclusion, but no evidence at all. Anecdotal or not. This list is shit. Well, all CBR lists are shit. And if we showed the other two up, which we'll save for the rainy day file, maybe sometime in the future, uh, we'll, we'll go through those uh, more. So a rigid release schedule made for many bad products. Okay, well, let's see about this. This I might be able to agree with. Let's find out. During the eight years of Dungeons & Dragons 3rd edition. Oh, so you're only talking about 3rd edition. Yeah, 3rd and 4th. Yeah. Oh. And well into 4th edition, Wizards of the Coast observed a rigid release schedule of new material every month. With a need to quickly churn out a lot of material, many pieces were insufficiently play tested. I think okay, the stop. game was play tested. Stop here. Here is their here's their problem. They wanted that that sustainable yeah uh, sell. They, they 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 wanted the money to keep coming in, but they eliminated that when they when they homogenized everything and got rid of all of the different you know play settings that that were that were like the half dozen or so you know settings settings books and now now they need another another way to to keep sustainable sales so they they tried a rigid release schedule and this is going to go on to say that the rigid release schedule made made people rush their product so it was crappy product i can see that poor editing and yeah, I can see that as true. I can see that happening. Do I know it's true? No. Is but, there any but, evidence here that that's true? Of course not. This is a CBR list. There's no evidence at all. It's it's all it's all fifis. So, 
I don't know that it's true, but I can the see. The thing I is, I don't think happened. that that started with third edition. Second edition was notoriously not play tested because Lorraine wouldn't let people play the ga damn games they're making at work. Which, which is weird. If if you're making a game at work, you should be able to play that <laughs> game because yeah. it's work. So, it's so, and, and I can look at a lot of second edition kits that weren't balanced or play tested. And, you know, some of those books, I don't use everything that came out with second edition, but, uh, Maybe it's because the expectation, because it was more homogenized, there's more evergreen that they thought that third edition should be in a better place. But not every module for first or second edition was great either. But, yeah, true. you know, so I, I don't know. But I, I actually had more heartburn with second edition because of the fact that so many things weren't play tested. And I'd look at some of those kits that people just jump right onto like, I'm playing this oh, yeah. kit. And oh yeah, like, all, all the all of the, uh, <laughs> the the class books and the, and then the players option books, those are all garbage. Those were all just, just, just ideas that weren't actually vetted. They were just, hey, I put it in a book. Wow. Yeah, right. You know, again, as a business model, the OGL wasn't a bad thing. No. No, it, it, uh, the, the OGL allowed, allowed uh, people to, to make games in, in their, uh, in the setting they wanted. Like if, if, uh, if, if you wanted to play uh, Firefly, if you wanted to play, uh x files if you wanted to play this you want to play that you wanted to play a, a game that technically didn't exist yet you either had to use gurps mm -hmm. hero system or make it yourself and with the ogl that third option became a lot more impressive so you you got a lot of games that came out as d20 that were that were you know niche games and i like that i like that more diversity it's good now the second paragraph, I just read it. So okay, this guy okay, players grew players grew weary of the supplement treadmill. As they had been as they had been during the Williams years. Okay. And yeah, because there's a lot of splat. Again, I love the splat back then. I have a different take on it now. I still like it, but I think most of that splat, like two thirds of the splat could be thrown out. Only one third of it is actually any good. That's my opinion. But uh moreover, the development team's explanation, and this is the sentence that kills me, by the way. Okay that players only needed to purchase what they intended to play was greeted with skepticism. Why are you going to stop being a consumerist? Stop being a completionist. Like you have to have and use everything. That's the problem with fifth edition right now is, yeah. is it supposed You're to be a modular evergreen game that you were neither yes. modulating nor evergreening? <laughs> yes. I mean, but, but to, to keep their numbers up, they're giving the illusion you need to buy everything and you're falling into it <laughs> and you're, you're falling into that trap. You're, you're a blind consumer. No, you don't need to buy anything. You buy what you like as a game master and you use what you like. That's it. Yeah, I, like, I, I hate this last sentence because it, it's almost like they use commercials and they use suggestive selling and they use all these things to make you buy their stuff to make you feel like they had them. Oh, you mean like you mean McDonald's? Like ever since they came out with, oh, I don't know, selling shit? <laughs> right. <laughs> exactly. The same, same techniques they've used uh, since you know to to the masses since radio come on it's so, it's not rocket science uh, are we ready for number one no, we're, number da, two. Da, 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 da. we're not uh, ready for number one. Oh no you're right you're right we're going to number two fourth edition broke what made the D &D game or what made the game special no third edition did third know. edition broke what made the game special i've ranted about this on so many different episodes so i'll be quick all race, all class, bullshit. That's not D&D. &D. Ascending armor class, bullshit. Even though that really doesn't bother me too much. Not D&D. &D. A hybrid skill-based 
class-based, we don't know what the fuck we want to be game where I'm reading more off a character sheet than I am off of making a character. Bullshit. Non-weapon proficiencies. Ah, you were using your non-weapon proficiencies wrong then. Uh, everything about third edition is a completely different game. I can take a second edition module, a basic module, or an AD&D first edition module, all those, and with very few tweaks, if any at all, play the same game in any edition. Whether my elf is a class or whether my elf is a priest elf that can max. Yeah. Well, yeah. Elf, elf is a class. Elf is a race. Well, when you did this all race, all not class nonsense, and you said that gnomes can be paladins and dwarves can be wizards, and you took the entire heart and soul out of what D&D was, you made it action oriented instead of round, you know, round and character decision oriented, um, added these dumbass feats. This is not the same game. Third edition, not fourth edition is what broke it. And I will posit this. While still a shit, 0% shit-tastic uh, Dungeons & Dragons game, as a game itself, just generic game number 32645, 4th edition is better than 3rd edition. Okay. That, that's, you know, I'm not saying I would want to play it. I'm saying that just as a generic game itself, and that's all That's all 3rd, 4th, and 5th edition are. Uh, generic game number 1642, generic game number 2194, and generic game number 3656. You know, that that's all it is. Um, they're just generic games. They're not, they lost all the heart and soul of what Dungeons & Dragons was. And to me, I would rather you change a rule system than, than get rid of lore and canon. And this is why settings are so much better. No, I don't agree with the whole thing at the back of the Dungeons & Dragons 1st Edition uh, DMG where it says game first, uh, it was a campaign second, uh, uh, players third. Because I believe setting first. Because setting is the game rules. Setting, yeah. and that's why settings are important. Why you don't have all this homogenization. You create settings. Now, theoretically, 3rd Edition was made for more homebrew. But nobody did it. Everybody's like, oh, everything's all homogenized. Let's use it all. It's what 5th Edition is doing now, too. Instead of creating more homebrew settings, and then you had Lego characters. That was the other thing. Lego characters out of 3rd Edition. That was god-awful as well. For, for D&D. I'm not talking as a game mechanic, generically speaking. For D&D. Right. Uh, the designers found to their chagrin that most players didn't want a homogenous experience. Players wanted a fighter to feel different from a wizard and for a wizard to feel different from a cleric by simplifying the, the tabletop game to reflect a video game in, in, does it say infected? Inflected. Inflected. Okay. In, infected works too. The designers <laughs> lost what made the tabletop game special. The game stagnated. Now remember er, way earlier in this, I told you we're going to circle back to the homogenization problem. And the thing is, with all of the different game settings, Dragonlance, Ravenloft, uh, Eberron, Forgotten Realms, Greyhawk, not only were there different uh, classes re, uh, were reworked differently in many cases, but also in many cases, the races worked differently. They worked differently than the base game. It was a different experience. A gnome in... in in uh dragonlance does not play and dragonlance are like the one bad thing about dragonlance yeah, does not play the same as a gnome in regular DD. does not play the same as a cleric in ravenloft does not play the same as as a as, as a cleric in eberron or forgotten realms they have they have different gods they have different rules magic doesn't work the same 
throughout these systems. If you wanted to play something else, you could. But because everything became homogenized, everything was the same. It didn't matter what you played. It all felt like you were playing the same character. And that's bad. They figured it out years too late. But, they, but they're still doing it now with 5th edition. I know. I know. And the, so, you know, they didn't learn anything. They just figured it out. They just didn't do anything about it. There, there are too many changes between second and third edition. I know a lot of the terminology in third edition is still the same as, as previous editions. But, but the, uh, the, the mechanics of, of a game are, are important to the feel of the game. And the mechanics were so radically shifted from one edition to the next that it didn't feel like the same game. It still doesn't. And this is a good thing, Maliki. That's, that's what sets settings apart. Yes, settings are supposed to be like that. Yes. Like like uh like Max said earlier, wizards in Dragonlance are actually clerics. In it, it if if you compare them to to normal wizards in a normal D&D prime material plane, they are clerics. Like like a half cleric, half wizard. Yeah. I mean, cuz cuz they they you get the spell, they still spells. have to do the re, they still have to research for the spells, yeah, but have to research and memorize spells, but you are granted magical power by a god. That's that's the that's the bread and butter definition of a cleric. Don't wear your robes. You got some problems. You become a renegade. Yeah. <laughs> it, and go go above level eighteen. They boot you out. I thought it was twenty. Is it eighteen? You might be right. It's eighteen. Eighteen's the max. Okay. Yeah. All right. Let's go to number one. And then we're done. We're only doing a top ten. I thought we we're going to top thirty, but you know we spent a lot of time on riffs and actually these. So that's good. D and D essentials was a half-hearted surrender. Well, guess I, what? At this point, I didn't even bother even looking at this game. I don't know anything about D&D Essentials. Nothing about it. I know nothing about this. So I, I, all, all I know is that this, this number one is going to have all but nothing for evidence, just uh, something that happened and a conclusion. That's all I know. Go ahead. What is that? Stop mixing my orange juice with milk. Oh. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so... Uh, in a repetition of the 1990s and the late 2000s, players were actively abandoning Dungeons & Dragons in droves. That That is Again. fair. Path, Pathfinder really Pathfinder became a thing. Traveler. Yeah, okay. Unfortunately, rival game Pathfinder, oh, there we go, Pathfinder found yeah. itself getting the most benefit from D&D Swoon. And, and this kills me. Like, I'd, it's so weird. People act like that was the only game ever played in the 1990s. I played more variation of games in the 90s than any other time in my life. And I still Between had a second edition campaign going on. In 1999, I played uh, Earthdawn, uh, Shadowrun, Old World of Darkness, all of them, ex except for Werewolf. That sucks. Um, <laughs> I played more games when I was at uh, in New Mexico because of War yeah. Games West. And I played, you know, uh, the ones I talked about because I always forgot about them was Torn Star and Wars. Hard. Star Wars, yep. Yep. Uh, who ran oh, all ran during that, that time? You know, and and Old World of Darkness came out during that time. It, it came out uh, in the early '90s to the early 2000s, until it was stopped, or 1999 or 2000, 2001, something like that. So somewhere around there until it was until it was it was killed. Yeah. And so I, I played that all the time. I don't know what the hell this is talking about. I, I've never played Pathfinder. Well, I mean, you play. Well, you haven't. That's right, because you haven't played D and D three. No, uh, never played Pathfinder. I have actually not played uh, Pathfinder either. I played Starfinder though. Um, anywho, uh, so th this whole concept, like uh, people are leaving, and uh, 
everything was in danger. I, again, I played more games. I mean, I got my start with Palladium, like I said, in the 80s. And I played, you know, we played Twilight 2000, but that was before I met you guys. I, I, mm-hmm. I've played so many different games, Mechton, um, you know, obviously Battletech, MechWarrior, blah, blah, blah. You know, I, I played more games when it was in the 90s. And people you say, have you played this game? If it was a known game, I'd probably played it. And people are like, oh my God, you've played so many games. Most of them one shots, most of them half-assed. But we had played them because we wanted to check out these different games. This whole concept, like oh, DD was losing. There's another game that you could mention out there. What's going on? And like nobody else was ever doing that. I find to be bullshit. But yeah, um, that's not well, my experience. Yeah, well, the fifth edition was being produced, which is the coast released a modified version of fourth edition called DD. Ah, I've heard. I have heard about this. It yeah, I heard back- about it, but I never picked one up. Yeah, paired back many of the video game influence features of 4th edition and brought back more of the parts of the game uh, players missed. Ultimately, Essentials was a failure, but 5th edition was right around the corner to win back the fans. Okay, well, you to win win back people who, you know, don't like nuance. At all. (laughs) So... Um, the, the point of this segment was because we were going to do 10 more, but we don't have time for that now, was to point out how bad the CBR uh, top 10 lists are because we yeah. have two more we're going to go through. I'll, yeah. I'll just so the, the, the whole thing on this, the whole thing on this is every single one of these things has has the same format. Give yeah. facts, give conclusions, fuck evidence. That's pretty much it. This one was actually going to be kind of interesting, I think. But we'll see. Again, these are in the rainy day folder, so I don't have a problem. We'll uh, we'll cover them at some other time. So let me stop sharing. Uh, I and by the way, chat. I love the fact that you guys, uh, you know, were that passionate about the whole riffs thing. I like the fact that you have your thoughts about third edition. You know, first, second, third edition D and D. That's why we do. That's why we do. Se- oh, why is segment one up? I didn't do it. I may have. Whoops. <laughs> that's why we do the segment two opinions and commentary we want you we want you to feel ways about things segment one is educational segment two is emotional segment three you come in and yell at us that that's that was yeah. that's the point of this so um the whole so, thing is is to, to get it to get up your irish blood so you yeah. come in on segment three right there you go so uh, we appreciate you guys and and thank you for that. all right shadow and son you have a good, good one <laughs> shadow and son's gonna chew me out on friday chill stream that's uh the second top 10 to do it now oh well heathen dogs gotta go soon and i actually have to work tomorrow and i'm behind on things yeah, i so, haven't actually eaten all day so we're gonna bring in uh we're gonna we're gonna bring in segment three now but uh we'll save it we'll save it so but i appreciate that uh do you want to do the link or do you want to do the, the i'll do the link right okay i'll do the branding all right for segment three. Oh, i didn't do the the proclivities for segment two. Oh well a little late now for segment three, you know, you need to be a follower, subscriber, pithy one topic or anecdote. Uh, you know, nobody in the last week or two has called me rude for kicking people out, but I have been called that before. Look, guys, it's 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 a radio call in. Go go listen to a radio call in if you remember those things and, and see how those were done. You got to say your little point, maybe a quick follow up and then you're out. Bye. <laughs> so. Uh, all right. Let's see what people have to yell at us about today. I bet you you're going to oh, get yeah, some riffs. You're going to get some riffs. No, you're right. It's not your fault. I haven't eaten. It's my fault. It's just you're going to pay for it. <laughs> so, it it it's now your problem. I'll put that on the screen. It's not going to go anywhere because this isn't part of any normal segment. But you know, there we go. <laughs> Thank you. Although the yeah. first hour is where I shine. You see my passion, my drive. 
Yeah, actually, it was it was done really well. Even when I interjected, I was like, "Well, I'm interjecting here, but I don't know why." <laughs> I had a couple. I had a couple that actually got to a higher level. Now, I've never made it to level twenty correctly. No, no, neither have I. In D and D, the my my highest ranking, my highest level character was sixteen or seventeen. Oh, uh, mine was, was one time. 12 or 14, and I forget what... Uh, I, I've still got the character. I can look it up. All right, so here we go. We got somebody. We got Mark Hawkman. Hawkman. How are you doing, Hello, Mark Hawkman? Uh, well, one of the things I always found weird with um, D&D campaigns yeah. is like, to me, it feels like the um, power level of gaining levels, it just, like, skyrockets way too much. And, and, and uh, by by level progression, like you, you feel there's a spike at some point. Well, well, it, it's 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 just like you know, like you, you have like a first level spell, third level spell, fifth level spell, and the fifth level spell like nukes a building, whereas the first level spell might knock down the door or something. I don't know. Actually, you know what? I I agree with you, in uh, in in theory on that. But in D and D, in in D and D, uh, hmm. for for wizards. When they get to when 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 they get uh, third level spells and then fifth level spells, there are two giant spikes, two giant power spikes right there, and then there's another giant power spike at nine, which is normal. That should be you're level eighteen. You 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 should. I never found it to be. Now. I never found an individual spell to be game breaking. For me, it was the plethora of items. Like this is why I say like twelfth level is kind of like my cap, soft cap for running a game because between like twelfth and fourteenth level, the amount of Things that that the characters have and have access to, that's where it's crazy, and it doesn't make it impossible for me to run a game. It makes it more work than I want to do. Because okay, well, go on. Well, the reason why I was mentioning this is because, like, one of the things that that you were talking about uh, on the stream is um, how uh, high level games would get like stupid, really, really fast. Yeah, <laughs> cartoonish. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, you can get a little bit of that. Yeah, sure. It, it, it was just one of those things. It's like. Uh, Okay, non-tabletop games, obviously, but a lot of the games I play, you know, like level one to level five isn't drastically different. It's just, you know, you're gaining levels. Then again, these are all, all also games that go up to 100 instead of stopping at 10 or 15 or 20 or whatever. Right. <laughs> and they right, do yeah, that and, because uh, people and, need to feel progression. It's one of the reasons yeah, I hated DDO when it first came out. Yeah, when... Uh, when 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 you're playing a a, a a tabletop RPG, you need the you need the level progression or some kind of progression, whether it's skill based, level based, whatever. You need some kind of some kind of progression as an incentive to the player. Now, it's your your job as a game designer to balance that progression, so so there's as little spiky things as possible in in the in the progression range. It's as flat as possible, but with a slight slope. It's important. Now, I found in second edition D&D that when when a, a magic user gets level three spells and then level five spells and then level nine spells, there is a significant spike in power compared to the other players. You know, it's funny that, you say that, but I, I think experience. it's because second level spells suck donkey balls. <laughs> that that could that could very well be it. But third level is where you get the cool spells like lightning bolt and fireball and and all that stuff, and that is a big power spike in, in second edition ADD. And then fifth level is 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 where you where you get all of the you know all of the uh, the third level spells. But now they have a they have better AOE or or lightning bolts that jump around or whatever. You know you 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 get all of the cool crowd control stuff, and 
and uh, Magic users, again, have a spike in power compared to the rest of the players. Well, now, is, is this the only instance? Of course not, no. But this is the one off the top of my head that is a problem in, in some level progression games where at certain parts of the level, you can get spikes in power and at certain points in leveling in some systems, like, like what Mahakman was saying, when you get to level 12 or 13, the power levels just shoot off and now you can destroy the moon. You know, like, what the hell? So what else is there? Why the are there the seven more levels left in my progression when, when I can beat everything up now? Well, I suppose the game wants you to travel to different worlds or travel different planes of existences or now fight cosmic level threats. Well, if you, in D&D, the, the whole idea was, and, and it's explained very well in the game Adventure Conquer King, is you start off as an adventurer, then you become a conqueror, then you're supposed to play domain play. Uh, the one thing about the permanency spell, and I forget what it is off the top of my head, but it either aged you a year or you lost a constitution point. You know, I forget which uh, one. It, you, you lost a constitution point. Yeah, definitely. I'm not sure about the aging. No, but, if it's uh, constitution, then that's what I forget which one it was. But yeah, yeah, yeah. It was definitely a constitution point. I'm not sure about the aging part, but uh, yeah, there's stuff like that. Third and fifth level for for the, for the wizard were, were my examples because in my experience, those were the spikes. All right, let's but, finish this uh, up and then because we, we got somebody waiting. Yeah. Well, uh, okay. Well, uh, just, well, just part of the reason yeah, why I, I was uh, bringing the whole thing up though is the whole idea of. Uh, players not being able to find a challenge because there's like two monsters in the entire uh, creature compendium that, you know, they can't just... Well, no, you use them. hordes. I mean, there, there are ways around that. The thing is, is that in my experience, and then we'll let Heathen Dog finish up his, his last thought, is, uh, uh, is that I had to actually pay attention to everything the players had. And if they used that stuff, it was a challenge. Or I would forget something, they'd... One shot. Again, I'm being you know facetious here to some degree, but a little hyperbolic. But they'd one shot the encounter, or if they didn't think about using a item or five that they may have had, I would just roll right over them because they forgot they about them. it. Yeah, like you had to tailor it so so nuanced wise. It wasn't just about hit points because honestly, in AD and D before third edition, things didn't always have a crap ton of hit points. So mm -hmm. you'd look as like I can pump out twenty points of damage around. Even the strongest vampire can have the max of like forty-five or something. Again, making up numbers, but uh, but you get what I'm saying. So it doesn't really matter. A couple of hits, but it's getting to those hits. Well, it can turn into gaseous form. It's got spells. It's got these other things, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, stop. If you use crap. all of that, you could wipe out a party instantly if they're not prepared. But at the same time, if you're not thinking clearly, and for me, I can do it. I have done it. I don't like to do it because I'm always. It's not just about making the monster in the encounter and considering what's going on. Now I have to look at all their character sheets and figure out what they've got to see. Is this going to be a challenge? Is it not going to be a challenge? It, like, uh, it just becomes more work than I want to do. Easily done, but more effort than I want to put into it. So, Well, I mean, like, like one example, again, video game, is, is like in the Dragon Quest games, you'll have these monsters called metabols that are functionally immune to spells and really, really hard to hit. Except that they're not much of a threat. It's just one of those things. It's like, but the, the trick with metabolism is they have almost no hit points. If you yeah, can but actually but do had that was moot. One shot them. Yeah, yeah but then you just throw a hundred of them out there. Yeah, if there's a hundred of them, it doesn't matter. They're 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 gonna they're gonna they're gonna screw you over. They're gonna jump all over you, and you're gonna die. Well, I mean, the, the analogy I was going with here, though, is the the idea of, of having mooks that just, you know, have super tough armor where, you know, the, 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 the warrior's like, wait, why did my sword just bounce off of this tiny little goblin guy? <laughs> Yeah. Okay. And what was the last that, thing you wanted to say, Heathen Dog? And then we need to move on. Okay. Okay. We need to move on. So uh, the 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 whole the whole thing where uh, you get spikes in power, or you get to a certain point in the in the level progression where nothing's a threat anymore. At this point, 
both the game master and the player have to buckle down and really play because the game master has, has to bring his A game. He's got to start using tactics more. He has to start using uh, the, the the special abilities of creatures more because the hit points no longer matter because these characters can pump out damage like you can't believe. And as characters, you have to understand that the game master is going to start using swarm tactics, pincher maneuvers, all these things against you. And Theoretically, you be should have been doing it before. But guess what? You've had a long career. You've got a lot of magic items, a lot of spells, a, 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 a lot a lot of stuff in your in your little uh, toolbox to deal with all of this. So the plan. game becomes more Research. difficult. Yeah, the game becomes more difficult for everyone the higher level you go, tactics-wise, in most games. And if you don't want to deal with that, then you end a campaign at whatever level that game starts feeling broken to you. And then you retire those characters and make new ones. Your characters, like, 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 uh, like Max said, adventurers, conquerors, kings. You're now kings. You have your own fiefdom. You have your own. You, you, became, you became a baron or a duke or whatever, and your character retires. Fine. Make a new character. Start over. There you All go. Right. Or play. Or my example. Or my hope for you is to try a different game. Yep. Great. All right, my Hawkman. Thank you very much. I uh, always like your comments. I can't remember what number you're on with the punch card, but it's like everything <laughs> except for two. So there you go. Have a good one. All righty. Have a good one. And now we have Omen Owl. Omen Thank Owl. you for waiting, Omen Owl. How are you doing today? I'm doing pretty well. I mean, I had no problems waiting. Um, so this is my view on each of the editions. They would get to a certain point, and then they would stop, and then redo it so they could redo everything. And I mm -hmm. don't mind, but, like, first edition to me is a very streamlined aspect. I mean, of course, Beck needs Have you read the book? <laughs> what, what, well, well, if you say ostrich i'll agree with you if you say an ad and d first edition i can't agree with that well well compared to second edition so you had the initial four books for ad and d mm -hmm. which was deities never gods um dmg the P player's handbook and the monster manual then you got another monster manual then you got the ua and then you got the dungeoneers and, and survival guide okay you got those well basically you'd filled out everything you needed to do so then you get second edition and look at all of the bloat that came with that. And then, how much of it was necessary? That's just it. How much of it was necessary? Probably only your three core books. And, and, and well, and to be fair, and then one setting book usually for a lot of people. One way yeah, yeah, okay, fair, fair enough. Like the, usually in second edition, there are box sets, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's what I mean is you, you, you picked up a box set, you liked it, that was the one you ran with, and then you'd stick with that. But when you look at th third edition, I mean, we can all complain about the mechanics, but again, you only really need the three core books. But when they did the OGL, I just remember walking into a game store and, oh my God, I've never seen so many different three third edition books. And I think in some cases, people got burned out. It, of course, separated out. Well, I want to play in this setting and I want to play in that setting. And instead of sort of keeping them together and keeping them distinct, now I had to go buy from a different um, publisher, which I also think, to be fair, is also it blew up D&D um, &D from being sort of a dying RPG compared to many of the others to really um, dominating the entire field. Um, yeah, bu Business-wise, it was a good yeah. move be oh, because you're, 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 you're tricking everyone into learning your game system. Exactly. I mean, and that just overwhelmed. You just, you know, yeah. and, and then that makes it hard for anyone. And then, of course, fourth edition, I'll be honest, I don't know too many people who liked it. It came off and went, well, but I wanted to be able to switch up my spells and I can't do this because I get effectively cards that tell me what, what I can do. And the other problem was it didn't seem to have a lot of rules for non-combat. 
It's not like, oh, well, I can do this. Well, let me pull up this card. That's what I'm limited to. It really seemed to constrain the, how do I say it, the creative juices. I mean, it's great for people who, who like to work in the box. And then I think 5e, I don't really have a lot of problems with 5e, except that it, again, became overbloated now. It is just my problem going. with 5e is that it has the Dungeons and Dragons name on it. Otherwise, I wouldn't have a problem with it. Uh, you know, again, why would I buy a system that I've had for the previous three editions right. to get a new one um, that's identically the same? Now, I think that they did some good things and some bad things to it, and that's fine. Um, but again, it's become more and more bloated, and it, it has no sense of itself anymore, well, like you said with settings. Well, let, let, let's, let's, let's understand that it is still a business model for them. As far as the bloat goes, I don't have a problem with bloat existing. It's like the same thing of like what 70 summary where they have 72 or 76 races in the game now, official races in the game now. I don't have a problem with that. I have a problem with dumbass dungeon masters that allow 76 in the game. Oh, well, stupid. I don't like the cross pollinating. That to me was the advantage of having different systems. Yes, I or settings. Yep. I never want to see a kinder in my life. I always oh, God, see yes. Them. Agreed. And, and, and if anyone play them, like, you understand, I'm just going to let it die. <laughs> um, I mean, yeah, fair. I, I hate saying that, but that was one of those like, no, they're banned. Um, they're banned because nobody can play them right. It's a troll character. If if done like the novels, it could work out great. But it's very, it's almost like we were talking about psychological horror earlier. It takes the right type of game master, right type of player. I have had one for well, he was never a friend, but one person. This goes all the way back to high school. Only person I've ever seen in my life that could play a Kender that I would say, if he still played it the same way today, you can be a Kender in my game because it actually matched the way you visualize it from the novel. Not a troll character, not mischievous, truly played the character innocent, seemed innocent, and was actually a fun in the game. But that's one time in my entire life. I And, and I agree with you. But, you know, there are just so many other different systems out there, and you know they'll change. I don't care whether it's Shadowrun. Sure. Um, there's a lot of them that they just update while well, even warhammer did it and then it well, lost second edition shadow one's a great update it's one of the few yeah. uh, 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 updated yeah. editions because i own first edition got a horror story sure. beyond that but, yeah, but when second edition came out i actually had to say this is an improvement oh I, I like second edition. i'll be honest i like fourth yeah. better but it lost so oh. Much of oh. I, well i i i it lost so much me. of its flavor though but yeah. to be fair yeah. it's kind of hard to get players into it and say well why can't i do wireless why can't i do this and i think that's the problem with a lot of especially science fiction games. This is in fantasy. I can set whatever I want. You go to Renaissance world. Well, you can do that in, in Shadowrun just by dating it, by saying, Hey, look guys, this is well, a go watch Blade Runner false. I mean, try to stay awake through it. Take some ambient, do whatever you got to do to stay awake through Blade Runner. And then, uh, but, but picture that that's the world you're playing in. You're not playing in 2020. That's how I would do it. I, but cause I, I am, I am personally offended the whole, uh, the whole wireless thing in Shadowrun. Cause that's completely stupid. You would never want to expose your brain to the wireless environment. That's dumb. Well, well, well that's absolutely stupid. Well, well, no, no, you don't have brains that can be hacked that way. I mean, sometimes they did. Well, no, no, your your deck is is connected to your brain, and you're connecting your deck to the Wi-Fi where everyone can see it and, and lock in your deck. <laughs> Between possibly. my deck that's right here and the cable in my brain, I still have NordVPN. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway we do we do have to move on here. so just, go ahead and no, make your last yeah. point and then uh no, no, that was it all right you guys okay care. yep you all have right, a good one you. did you want to follow up because we do have somebody waiting do you want to follow nope, up with that nope, okay let's go spring in nerdy ogre hello nerdy hey. ogre how are you today Doing are you good. are you here to yell at us no 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 oh. I'm not, I'll, I'll wait for that i'll wait for that when y'all cover riffs okay when, when you cover riffs i'll explain how heathen dog is wrong oh, yes good. 
I love hearing that. Not Max Heathen Dog. <laughs> All right, what's going on? Well, well, no, um, I'm, I'm, I really love the uh, the the uh, Beyond the Supernatural. It's I think it's one of the easiest settings that they've got. Um, well, and and anything anything based in the modern time, like the modern world, is easier to play because everyone can visualize it much more easily. Oh right, so, right, yeah, uh, yeah. They also uh, get more pedantic about it though. Yeah, like, well, th that's not how the cross street looks in real life, dude. Shut up. I Google Sorry, mapped it. <laughs> like, I Google mapped it. it. Doesn't look like that. Shut up, dude. Just... All right, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. No, um, uh, especially the way they, uh, the the way they did the uh, uh, psychic system, where where it, you know you got that psychic adrenaline boost based hey, on hey, spoilers yeah. next week, man. Come on. I tipped it off for this week so people knew. Oh but yeah, yeah. I, oh. I, 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 I do like that mechanic only because it uh, it accentuates the fact that it's the supernatural is not supposed to be provable. Right. Yeah. And this well, I'm, accentuates I'm that. At the time I was driving, so I was kind of in and out of the car. So I kind of missed a few. Yeah. So I, I thought yeah, I thought you had already covered that. No, we, we're going oh. to cover all about psychics next week. Yeah, and... all, all the psychic and the and the and the, the the power levels, multipliers, and all that stuff is going to be next week. Oh, I missed that part. No, no, dude, dude, okay. segment three. It's, it's okay. I'm just joking That's about the spoilers fine. part. So, fine. absolutely fine. <laughs> yeah, we're we're gonna cover all that next week. But uh, yeah, uh, it's a, number one. It's it's a modern game, modern times. Num number two, uh, everyone, uh, most of the time now, everyone likes the gray area games, whereas before in Heroes Unlimited, Palladium Fantasy, Mechanoids was black and white, black and white. You're the good guy. They're the bad guy. You're the good guy. They're the bad guy. Now regular people can be the bad guy. You could be the bad guy to regular like, people, like literally regular people, no yeah. psychic, no yeah. anything, well, just, like, just no, your next door neighbor. Could put you in jail, put you in a mental institution because you told them the truth. Right. Or, or Jimmy was possessed by a demon. I had to kill Jimmy to get rid of the demon, and the old person is. And a now cop you're getting 25 to life, killing Jimmy because he was a kid. <laughs> that could right. definitely happen. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah. Yeah. Like any 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 follow ups? Or are we good? Yeah, we good. We good. All right, All right. Nerdy Ogre. Well, thank you All for right. being here, and you have a good day, sir. You too. All right. Uh, put the link out one last time. All right. And then uh, last call for alcohol on this one. And and just uh, while we're waiting, in case somebody else wants to pop in, uh, you probably already saw it in the chat, but in case you didn't, uh, look, we we like it when people don't agree with us. But you know what? It's my show. It's our show. And so we get to sit here. We've got the bully pulpit and we're going to use it because we get to. But that's also why we have segment three for you to come in. Uh, you know, there, there are things that we've seen because of our experience. The only time I take exception, and I'm going to say this has happened three times in the last week. The only time I take exception to things. Uh, I did take exception to one of our longtime viewers, and it's not him personally. It was to his comment uh, when he comments on gatekeepers saying all the advice we gave was bad. Well, Gatekeepers is an advice show. And we gave advice that the person who actually came up with the question absolutely enjoyed. So, so I guess that advice just wasn't for you. Right. So don't come to my advice show and say all the advice is bad. Because th then we, unless you've got something to worry, just because you play differently doesn't make the advice bad. In fact, on Gatekeepers, we bring in people that do think differently for that. Uh, the second one is... Uh, I forgot what the second one was. I was thinking about uh, the Discord stuff uh, earlier, and I forgot what it is. Well, and the third one is like it's like today. 
telling telling us we're wrong based on the experience. Tell us we're wrong. We, we do it all the time. There's nothing wrong with saying, oh, you guys are wrong. You, you What you like sucks. Well, you know, back it up or else we're going to call you an asshole. But if you're, if you're wrong because of this and it, it has at least some semblance in being based in reality, I'll be like, well. And, and, and we're fully aware that like 90% of our opinionated comments should be followed up with the comma for me. We don't care. <laughs> I'm not going to say, well, that's stupid for me. I don't agree with that. For, no, I'm not. You, that should be implied. Just know it's implied. Now, most of you guys get it. But but those are the ones when, when uh, or, or and here, here's the other one. This you is what it was. the beginning of segment two. It's in there. You're right. Yeah. When, uh, when, when you come in and act like we don't know what we're talking about because you quote unquote can do something this, this is like when i'm at work it's like oh, all right guys um i'm not a programmer so how do i do this oh it's easy it's not a fucking answer it's easy if you've already done it a hundred times then it's yeah. easy but for me who needs to be taught no it's not that easy bro right that, that's a cop-out answer like oh anybody can any game master should be able to do these things yeah. it's not it's about like riding can. a bike yeah how many times did you fall before you learn how to ride a bike asshole nobody got on a bike and just rode well, let's use, I'll continue out the bike riding analogy. Maybe I don't like modern mountain bikes or something. I only like 10 speeds and I'm going to act like the old 10 speeds. That's the way you ride a bike and anything else is stupid. And anybody who does it is wrong, blah, blah, blah. Well, anybody can ride a mountain bike. doesn't matter because you can doesn't mean you should. So yeah. th those are the things that that actually when I do truly get get angry or not angry, but like, come on, come on. That's that's got to stop. Understand, like with with the role playing. Uh, taking the, the bike thing as a, as a continuing analogy, 10 speeds and mountain bikes are both bikes, but they're both, they're both have a specific purpose. Yeah. Do they even make 10 speeds anywhere? I didn't think they did. Off-road riding. Yep. A 10 speed is for nice, smooth, level, you know. But you can't, you can ride a mountain bike on the road. Yeah, yeah. You're going to have a worse time. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can ride a mountain bike down a highway. You can, but you're going to tire out a lot faster than, than you would if you're riding a 10 speed. You could take a 10 speed down a mountain trail. You're going to bust that thing up after a little while where a mountain bike is going to keep going. It's a use case scenario. Right. So, so that's it. I, I just want to put that out there because sometimes people are like, you guys get angry really easy. Nine times out of 10, we're not actually angry. Yeah, we're not actually angry. We're just, we're just emphatic with our, with our opinions because yeah. this is, this is a bit of showmanship. Right. But when we get really angry, uh, like, like for, for example, when, when Max got really angry, you wrote it down and he, and he, and he, he collected his thoughts before he, he, uh, he talked about shadow and son's comment. <laughs> <laughs> I call him out. Fuck you. I don't care. <laughs> no, no. Shadow and son's comment. Cause I, I've, I've, he's been on the Friday chill stream so many times yeah. and so forth. His, his comment. No, the, uh, the, the part about him that why I came out and said, okay, uh, I, I see, can I scroll back to that? Do I have it start or something? No, I don't. Um, oh, actually, Omen Owl said this. Uh, I first saw Thacko's in Dragonlance module. Thacko started in, uh, if I remember correctly, in, in uh, Unearthed Arcana, first edition, if I remember correctly. I don't have that book, so I can't verify that, but I'm pretty I sure. I had people, that book. I don't have it anymore. Yeah, people told me it started. Um, it was, uh, da, 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 well, I don't want to scroll back to it, but there's something that he'd send. Basically, he's like, well, I'm a better game master than you, was the definite yeah, implications yeah. in there. It's like, now. Oh, <laughs> now, come on now. What's it? Yeah, it's like I'm, I'm. Well, I I can do it. Well, great. You know, you know, uh, there there are, there are people who can also uh, do heart transplants. I can't do that either. <laughs> I'm sorry. 
I just don't. I decided not to take the time to learn how to transplant hearts. I decided not to take the time to be able to to cross uh, uh, riffs, uh, world books with each other. Because both, in my opinion, are a hassle beyond the ability I want to do it. I'll actually use one, and I'm going I'm to use us as an example, and then I think we're out of here because uh, nobody else is clicking the link. Heathen Dog absolutely, without exception, runs a better investigation game than me. Doesn't matter how much I want to do it or how much I can do it, his is going to be better. That's just the way it is. Yeah, On the flip and, side... And conversely, Max runs, can run, and has run, better sandbox games than I do almost every time because I can't do it. I can't... I don't have the mindset. I don't have the tools in my head to run a real sandbox game. Max Kent. I don't, I, I, it's, it's not in me. I also run visceral, I think better. Like, cause yeah, you don't yeah, like to, yeah. you don't like to get all, all into that. I don't want to say his games are upbeat, but his games are more grounded and move forward. My games, I, I want you to close your eyes while you're, while yeah. you're playing to, to yeah. some degree, but that, but that's cause we're different. So the fact that somebody like shadow and Son loves like i give him crap all the time he gives me crap too uh it's the fact that shadow and sun has Dungeons and dragons characters in level 200 or whatever he said i'm like that's bullshit there's no such thing but whatever you know that, that but that's that's us sparring back and forth on that one uh the fact that he just says i can do it i'll just throw in 17 dragons to fight you i'm like that's nonsensical bullshit that shouldn't be in the game 17 dragons wouldn't be in an area why not prove it I was like oh because it's just silly that's why but it works for him and his games and the people that sit at his table they like it he they want the dragon ball z uh he says it all the time he likes high powered games he doesn't like low level games he wants unlimited power that's fine there are people that like different style games. I don't. I'm on the flip side. I don't mind starting a level one character over and over and over again. Although I prefer campaigns, um, so you know, so that I can grow the character. But you get what I'm saying. Everybody plays differently. So just understand. Take some of that with a grain of salt. Just just be careful when you're out. Uh, nope. Don't even want to say that. You're allowed to say what you want in chat. Um, just understand that I, I will take exception to when you say that. Well, I'm better than you. Like, yeah. That that was that was bad. That was bad. I, and I saw your face. I'm like, oh, well, oh, I can do it. Okay. Uh, uh, Naya Nestalki. I say NS Talkie, but NS NS Talkie. Okay. Uh, if if uh if you want to know, you you can rewind. If you're if you're a member or a subscriber, you can rewind to segment two, or you can wait till segment two comes out. Uh, Tuesday, yes. Monday. Uh, yeah, segment two is gonna come out before segment one this week. So. Yep. Yeah. Oh. Well, you know what? Then I forgot to put this in segment two, but we'll talk about it one more time. I just want to remind everybody that's Kevin Simbaita. I hope I'm saying his name right. Again, I keep telling people this we're, until we're, I get the I, that's question one. Yeah, that's question one. And well, that's going to be before we even start the stream. Yeah, it's because yeah. I I grew up with, a, well, I went to high school with a girl named Amy Syme, and I knew somebody named Kevin Baida. And literally, they're the spellings of the two parts of his name together. Uh, so uh, I had a huge crush on Amy Syme, too. She didn't know me from Adam, though. Uh, but uh uh, so that, that's why I say that. And if it's wrong, he'll correct me and, and we'll get that. But he'll be here August 14th. So the Palladium Master himself will be here August 14th to join us. We've got some questions for him. Uh, we're, we've got our Discord, which the link will be popped up here in just a moment. Or you can see in the description below where uh, you can put in the suggestions channel, please. Please, in the suggestions channel, any questions you want us to ask him, no guarantees we will. But there's a contest. There are two contests going on. Two. Two contests where you can get Palladium stuff. 
We have a members only contest. That's the yes. You have to click that join button and pay us $4.99 or $5, whatever happens to be a month to do it. I don't suggest this, but technically you could do it for one month and then let it lapse, but that's just being a dick. Um, you could, you could, uh, and we're going to give away two $50 gift cards on the next, uh, what's what we call it? The members only live stream, which will be on the 29th. You have to watch in order to win though, for that one, you must yeah, you watch in order to be there. You have to be there. People, if you're not there, we keep going. Or or we or we only put people who are who are listed in chat. Oh, and it's and it's N stocky according. Oh, that's uh Matt, Mr. That, Max. That's according to Mr. Max, but okay. Uh no, it comes from uh Night Stalker. Got it. Okay, I got it. Uh see, my name goes back to BBS's as well. Max Liao. That goes back to BBS's as well. That's why I didn't change it. And I got a lot of flack for it when I was playing MechWarrior Online. But uh now the second contest is public. I think it announces tomorrow. I have to verify that. I've already got it scheduled out. This is for everyone. It's gonna be very similar to the previous contest we ran where you're gonna watch a video or four. And you're going to put in a hashtag in that video with a substantive comment. If you remember last time, heathen dog nixed a comment. Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the comment was was not enough about the video that it was commented on and it was I, I considered it irrelevant and didn't work. So didn't win. And to add to that, Kevin has said that he will actually donate them to us. Now, I, I don't have a number and I'm not going to make him give away 17 books. And if we give away four and he says I'll only do two, that's fine. I'll pay for the other two. Giving one Sorry. book away is still a gift, right? Yeah. So uh, a gift, man. Right. So, uh, so the, the point is like, he's been, he, he offered that. I didn't even ask. He offered that. So the fact that he offered that just wants you guys to be aware. And he said, he'll sign them. All he needs is, uh, shipping information and, you know, we'll get that from you and so forth. So, uh, that will be, that drawing will be done on the 7th of August, but I'm going to Gen Con sucks for you. Um, that drawing is going to be on the, on the, on the 7th of August. However, we're going to give you some time to find out if you're the winner or not. Uh, but by the 13th, which is a day before he'll be here, we have to have the winners decided. Yep. So there you go. Anyway, uh, I just want to put that out there. So two contests. Again, if you want, you know, we might, I might throw in a little something in the mix as well. Also, just like before, I'm going to say it out loud in case you don't read it. If somebody's not going to read it, get gr uh, grumpy. We're only shipping physical products to United States addresses to include APO, FPO. I have not decided. It's an optional thing. If somebody not from the U.S. wins, are we going to do gift cards or not? I want to, but it depends how expensive that gets because Legion Myth is or, poor right now. Or PDFs, PDF versions of the book. Yeah, th fair enough. We could do. Uh, I yeah. could go to drive through. Yeah, or go, go to drive through. You know, and and do the PDF version instead of the physical version if you're not in the United States. That's, but since that, Kevin's signing them, too. there are going to be physical versions. Those yeah, just have to be physical versions for the for the signs for the for the autographed ones, and that's it. So, you know, if you have a relative that lives in the states and can and can take the package for you, great. Yeah, do that. We only care that it's an American address. We don't yeah, care we where care. you actually. What, exist. what happens after it? I don't care. I don't care what happens to the book after it. If you know you want to burn it, it's fine. You want to you want to you know use it as toilet paper, that's fine too. I don't care. It's your, it's your book. Do whatever you want with it. And with that, well, these days I'm going to get that in a segment too. That is our stream schedule. Heathen Dog's been having a great time playing Dungeons and Dragons Online. They're going to wipe. They're going to die. They're going to rage and quit this coming Thursday. So be sure you watch on twitch.tv slash Legion of Myth. And then they'll be, uh, I guess, licking their wounds and probably playing a new game on Saturday. <laughs> I'm kidding. Uh, come back for the Friday chill stream. I don't know what this Friday chill stream is going to be about. 
uh, we don't really have things that it's about. In fact, this last one had something that it was about, and it was less fun because of it. Uh, great people on, great conversation. Don't take that the wrong way, but there's just something about the Friday Chill Stream, just being me, a few other people sitting down chatting, talking about the hobby that makes it really fun. And of course, you know, we'll be back next Sunday, talk about more, talking about psychics. Psychotics. There we go. That's what it's going to be. Psychotics in uh in beyond that's the super. The say. Yeah, that's there you go. In beyond yeah. the supernatural, and you can find our website there. Discord. My website is so far behind right now because I haven't approved a bunch of the bot applied. I used to do that stuff manually. Now it's done by a bot. So uh, I have to go and approve it and edit it and make sure it is right. My fault. I will get them up there. Any videos that are missing will be there soon. I'm also trying to start to figure out a way of blogging on there. And you will actually find the contest rules on the website. So the first contest set of contest rules for members only should be there. The second set should go live tomorrow or the next day. Again, I forget uh, on, on the website. So you can always refer to legionmyth.tv and find out what the contest rules are. And as far as the missing videos, yeah, I'll prove them hopefully today. If not, well, we'll see. I don't have my little script up for this, so I'm going to see if I can remember it. Legion Myth believes in uh, role-playing games being fantastic worlds of adventure and glory and, and saving princesses from castles and, and killing demons and, you know, slaying rats underneath the bar as well. You know, I got to do that sometimes. We believe that every tabletop game should be about having fun, playing the game, enjoying the company that you're with, and what and these, you should follow these three core values of hashtag RPGate. Escapism, not representation, entertainment over activism, and natural, organic inclusion, not forced diversity. Uh, here you go. Here's our charity. Go ahead and use your little QR code reader there and uh, go ahead and donate to the charity. Or uh, you got the link below. And you can watch our videos on Rumble Odyssey. I, Violent Solves Everything has been posting comments on Rumble that I have not been getting to. I am aware of them. I get the email, so thank you. So we we do get a little activity on Rumble. I, I make I've made one cent on Rumble in the months that I've been using it. So yes, a penny. I can quit my job now. Uh, yep. But if you want to donate to us, there you go. Got PayPal and Streamlabs. The reason we say that is because the other ones take like thirty to fifty percent. I want. I think you should use your money wisely, and wisely is giving to us, but yep. it's giving to us in a way where we actually see it. <laughs> Oh, I already did that. Uh, I'm missing one. Which one am I missing? Oh, the thank you one. Where's the hell? Where the hell is my thank you slide? Did you delete it? Yep. There it is. Screw those guys. Oh, yes. <laughs> there you go. I want to thank our <laughs> subscribers, those who subscribe. We did get some super chats today. Uh, I want to thank you for that. If you want to donate again, or if you want to back us on locals, you can. Not a lot of use there. Again, I go where I go. The places where people are in terms of where our community is. You know, I've had more and more people say, "Use Gilded. Use Gilded. Use Gilded." I can't get anybody to go over to Gilded. You have like five people there. I have a couple hundred on our Discord. Eh, guess which one's going to win? Even though I want to change as well. Well, the same thing with locals. If you guys use locals, I will use locals. Promise you that. Um, but we have Streamlabs. If you want to give us a tip, we have PayPal there. That's the link to our PayPal. Want to thank our followers and subscribers? Yeah, one penny. Hey, man, we're making a big now with one penny. Uh, thank our followers and subscribers, our chatters and lurkers. Again, as we've said multiple times during this episode, we do appreciate you guys even when you disagree with us because you're there, you're hanging out, we're talking nerd stuff, and it's a good time for everybody. And there is, once again, a shorter link to the uh, Wounded Warrior Project. And I think I've said everything I need to say. I'm going to let Heathen Dog uh, get us out of here, and I hope every one of you has a wonderful weekend. Okay. Beyond the Supernatural is going to be a different experience for those of you that have been with us through our year of Palladium. It is the first game that 
focuses this heavily on story and interaction with with non-monsters or non-enemies than ever before. All the other games were black hat, white hat, black hat, white hat. This is the first game this year that everybody's hat is gray. Every human being has a gray hat. You're a good person. You're a bad person. Depends on the situation. Depends on the moment. So if you can follow us through this trip, I think you're going to have a wonderful time where uh, where this, this game is going to open your eyes to the role-playing possibility of all of those different alignments we were talking about. When we get to the alignment section, trust me, you can play an aberrant character in this game and still be a good guy. You can. And we're going to show you how, but that's going to be a week or two from now. Please stay tuned. We're going to get there. Thank you very much.